deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we have even without J.K. Rowling, even without her presence on Twitter, even without mm-hmm. her her wise, wise words, mm. uh, we have so much news this week. That's surprising. I know. Like like her she she casts a long shadow, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah, I would I'm I was starting to get nervous because I was like, okay, we're up on like three, four weeks now that she just hasn't been online at all. And that's usually a good chunk of our new segments. I'm like, is is am I gonna have to find something new for these first segments if if JK Rowling is not providing us with with uh dumb shit to talk about? <laughs> but fear not, people stepped up to the plate here. Uh and I think part of it, I really hope this is true. Well, okay. I'll read the headline first. I don't hope it's true, sure. but I do sort of hope it's true. Okay. Do you have any theories, you know, three weeks? What what could JK could, what, 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 what could she be have been doing? I, I'm still kind of on the like Fantastic Beasts, like maybe renegotiation stuff um, or rewrites because mm-hmm. it's going to be three movies now or rather one movie from three. Um, something like that is probably my the prevailing theory that i have i think that's probably at least part of it but Mm -hmm. i have a headline and article here that casts a much darker picture for us jk rowling among secret breakaway labor group planning new anti-corbin party so i'm just gonna get out ahead of this the only two sources for this are the express and russia today Neither of those uh, are exactly papers of record, I, w- I want to say. <laughs> sure. Um, so, so not the strongest sources, but I would fucking believe this, right? This is spinning quite the fanciful tale, regardless. This, yeah. Uh, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling was reportedly among a select group attending a secret meeting about creating a new party to break away from labor after becoming dissatisfied with Jeremy Corbyn's leadership. Uh, Rowling attended the meeting with about 50 others, including TV presenter Rachel Riley at the offices of the author's agent, Neil Blair, according to a report by The Mail on Sunday. Oh, okay. I missed this part. Okay. So The Mail is a Tory rag, but it is a, uh, at least a real newspaper. So, uh, Hmm. this might have really happened. Uh, the paper said the newly formed party does not yet have a name or designated leader. This is the part that I fucking love because, okay, I 100% believe that uh, if someone was doing this, they would absolutely get JK on board uh, because she is the, I don't want to say best, but they think she is the best PR for for a new like centrist uh like liberal party, right? I uh, mean, I kind of agree. Like, like obviously, uh, like people that already do not like her are not going to like this because of her but like i feel like she holds a lot of sway with a lot of people absolutely so here's the thing uh i am envisioning this scenario though where they see her as like a good pr wedge 
mm-hmm. and she's like i want to be i'm the party leader i'm the I'm, queen i'm the, I'm queen. the queen now <laughs> i so so desperately want well again i keep saying this is what i want i do not want this i i, I absolutely do not actually want this and yet we live in uh in a, in a in an ongoing nightmare uh things are only going to get worse from here on out so if if things have to get as truly bad as they they are going i am at least always hoping for the funniest outcome right like yeah that's like, yeah that's fair yeah uh and 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 i think that jk rowling making a a a bid in politics in a breakaway centrist party the lib dems too uh i am uh i am all for it they're gonna get it's gonna be jk rowling and nick clegg uh uh kicking down the doors at at, uh, at westminster and they're like hey we're the parliament now we we can we run the show this is so hor- this is such horrible news for me to hear now right before we go into the last three chapters of goblet of fire oh right honestly uh, yeah. Dumbledore is the new liberal party uh in these <laughs> chapters uh so I I don't know if this is a good time for me to hear this. <laughs> this definitely colors the um yeah, the what we read this week and and the book as a whole uh for sure. But yeah, I just I just found this so funny. I was like it would be so fucking perfect if JK disappeared for a month and then came back with a fucking political party right like like nothing could be more uh just pure unfiltered uncut jk rowling bullshit oh my god i'm just i'm bracing myself it's coming the news this news segment is going to be so much spicier if this happens it's already pretty spicy (laughs) it's already spicy without her even being around right like like it's kind of wild um but yes, yeah, so we don't really have any more concrete details on that. But just mm, if that's real, that is that is uh, we are truly living in like the most uh, opportune time for us to have this podcast, right? Like, yeah, yeah, which is something that I really didn't expect. No, going into this, do you? We were talking on our on our bonus pod, uh, patreoncom recast. We were talking on our bonus pod <laughs> about the butterfly effect do you think that do you think that we might be at fault for this are we responsible for this you think we did this (laughs) i'm just i mean i could not live with that burden if if it was true but like if we we did this if we did this um i would hope that we'd be more famous by now that's true hey we we are the patreon is on the up and up i'm not saying we're not famous numbers are going up but, uh, I'm just but saying yeah, I would right. like to be more famous if we are trapped in some sort of butterfly effect nightmare world of our own creation. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so I find this next headline so perfect in conjunction with the previous news. This is from Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> a website we love, Forbes. Forbes says, expect J.K. Rowling to keep dominating several markets in 2019. And I'm just imagining that she's branching out into politics. And yeah, nice. What some nice imagery. Please, please don't dominate the market. Please stop doming the markets. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. What does that mean? Um, did you did you look at the article? Like what what's in yeah. there? What's the meat of that article? What market is she doming? Absolutely nothing. Like like this is this is one of those weird articles that just definitely feels like someone had to write something and like had no <laughs> you know no no like nothing to respond to because it oh, just is starts it on with. <laughs> oh, this should be Burn. on Pottermore. <laughs> uh jk rowling has been a household name for over 20 years and last year alone saw the release of fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald the second film scripted by the harry potter author as well as the publication of lethal white the fourth novel in her best-selling cormoran strike series so this isn't even like responding to anything this is just like a book report on jk rowling like i don't even so uh, here's the thing about the the robert galbraith novels y- you know yeah. people buy them they buy them, like, no offense, but because she wrote them. But are they any more best-selling than, like, James Patterson books? Right. No, like, I don't think so. Box office numbers for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the second film in the series, were lower than expected, opening with a global taking of $253 million and bringing in a total gross of just over $650 million. So, like, this is just, like, listing, the like, the financials that she has. And no, um... Again, like no, no, like, like response. Like this isn't the response to like uh, Bloom. Like maybe like Bloomberg and Forbes have this rivalry where Bloomberg's like uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, financials are are tumbling into a ditch, and Forbes is like, no fuckers. Actually, if you look at my numbers, there she's not. It's not even that. It's just like here's a wiki article about her, 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 her money. She has a lot of money. Yeah, and she will yeah, probably. Yeah, I was, keep what, I was just was wondering if she was going to break into new markets, but no, it's just like she made movies and books and made a lot of money. We movies, knew that already. Yeah, movies, books, and has a theme park. Uh, and they're adding a. They're oh, and they're they're also they're they are releasing that uh, other mobile game. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. I just want the AAA video game. Where is that? Where is that? We le- we broke that news. We deserve we deserve to go to the reveal event for that game. This is such a dull kind of like who just sits around going like, oh, I wonder how much money X X is making. Like God, people that read Forbes. That's who. Fuck them. That's what yeah. I say. I have some more blessed news here. Uh, hmm. Moving on from JK, who is very cursed. Uh, this is blessed because I'm choosing to interpret this as Daniel Radcliffe uh, secretly listening to our podcast and, and giving us a little shout out here. That's oh, not yeah, what happened, yeah. but that's what I'm choosing to believe. Daniel sure. Radcliffe says Harry Potter reboot is inevitable. Like, yeah. yeah, we were just talking about that. Daniel, thank you. Thank you, Daniel, for signal boosting our podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel, for stealing the limelight from the Shrieking Shack. Uh, (laughs) Quote, I am sure there will be some other version of it. I know I'm not the last Harry Potter I'm going to see in my lifetime, he said, while referencing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, actors Jamie Parker and Gareth Reeves, who have both played the famous Withered Wizard. (laughs) The the famous Withered. Uh, He continued, it will be interesting to see how long those films stay. It feels like there's a sacredness around them at the moment, but that'll go. The shine will wear off at some point. I really really like daniel ratcliffe can i just say that here like yeah he he seems like a nice a nice guy he just seems like he, he has a good perspective about like harry potter and and like the film fandom and stuff like, he, just, he just seems like a nice person this is also such a safe bet of something to say that they're obviously going to reboot harry potter although oh, yeah. it does uh, make me wonder what harry potter would look like 
if it was if if say Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was coming out this year, the like re reboot mm-hmm. uh, Sorcerer's Stone, uh, what 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 they would go with? Um, yeah, I I always wonder. I wonder if we'll ever see leaks or anything from when it was originally supposed to be an animated movie. Like, if you remember, like, the first movie was originally Mm. supposed to be, like, books one and two combined. And, like, Steven Spielberg was going to direct it and it was going to be DreamWorks animated or something. Which sounds just diabolically bad, right? Like, like Yeah, didn't didn't they kind of tank a series of unfortunate events with that i i don't think it was animated but wasn't there a movie where they wrapped like four books into one and it was really bad and everyone hated it <laughs> i re- i remember that movie very specifically because it has one of the like worst jump scares i've ever experienced in my life it just like left me rattled for like the rest of the week uh mm. yeah, I, I don't know if i don't know if that movie uh, was great for kids um i don't know like if you if you do it now the third act will just be a clusterfuck like that's what they huge have to do, right? big fight fight scene yeah, yeah the... the the quarrel quarrel versus quarrel will like summon the chess pieces as like oh, battle yeah. angels or something and and harry will fly around on a broom and shoot them with his wand it'll be a fucking nightmare mess that's that's kind of the only thing i think would be solid oh and all the care so like ron has a lot of like the witty banter in in the in the, in the original movies and that'll uh-huh. just be every character like every character will just oh have a yeah clip. well you know the th- like harry has a lot of like witty one-liners and things in the books and, and yeah they'll definitely lean into that and and he will be like little kid tony stark <laughs> oh no that's such a horrible way to put it but it's so true yeah i yeah it's one of those things where it's like i know it will be rebooted but i am very curious what angle they they take i guess we do have a pretty good picture of what it's going to be like and it's going to be like the artemis fowl movie like like if you really think about like harry potter being made now i mean they're making artemis fowl so it's probably going to be pretty close to that yeah so we'll find out we'll find oh, out what that's I gonna be like about that yeah um yeah so so uh thank you to uh daniel radcliffe for the shout out well that was a jam-packed news segment speaking of things that are jam-packed we read three damn chapters this week to finish off harry potter and the goblet of fire yeah I- i'm glad we did this i'm i'm happy to be done with it um but boy do we we have a task at our on hand right now you might say we have a tri wizard tournament to get this is this is our final task it's the last three chapters of this this book so i'm gonna take a deep breath i'm going to take a sip uh, of water here and jump into chapter 35 which is called veritas serum all right Harry's back from the graveyard with Cedric's dead body. Uh, And he's kind of coming to, he's pretty delirious. uh, And there are people crowding around, uh, but he hears Dumbledore and Dumbledore is there and, and Dumbledore sees that Cedric is dead. And he asks Harry to like, let go of him. And, and through this whole thing, Harry is just like very fuzzy, like just super duper out of it. Um, 
there's there's chaos people are noticing that cedric is dead cedric's parents are there coming over everyone's like what do we do what do we do dumbledore says to harry like don't go anywhere stay here uh, but he's still pretty out of it uh, when moody comes up and and says you know potter come with me so so he he follows moody and moody kind of leads him on a walk back to his office on the way there moody's acting pretty weird he's asking harry some kind of odd questions about the about like what he saw like oh is voldemort back like he got his body back were the death eaters there um and and harry's just kind of going along with it but his kind of line of questioning gets strange um and uh, he starts asking, like, well, did Voldemort forgive the Death Eaters? And it's at that point that he just kind of decides uh, not to keep up the act and and says to Harry, like, I told you, I hate that Death Eaters walked free uh, because they should have got they should have stayed loyal to Voldemort all along. And it's at that part point that Moody reveals that he guided Harry through all the tasks. He put his name in the Goblet of Fire. He told Cedric about the egg clue, knowing that he'd tell Harry. Uh, he planted the uh, book with Neville with the Gillyweed information. But when that didn't work, he had kind of a loud conversation in front of Dobby uh, that made Dobby help Harry with the second task. And during the third task, he he hit Crumb with an imperious curse to have him take out the other champions to clear the way for Harry to win, um, and revealed that he was the one that brought the Triwizard Cup to the middle of the maze. And as he was doing it, he turned it into a port key. Uh, finally, he's just he just says, you know, I did all of that. I got Voldemort's body back for him, and now I'm going to um, kill kill you for him and i will be i will be his his favorite death eater ever um and right before moody's gonna kill harry um mcgonagall dumbledore and snape are there uh, and they kind of blast through the door and knock knock moody out um we get the reveal that the real moody was in was in the the trunk all along and the fake moody was using his hair to make polyjuice potion throughout the year um Dumbledore is like, well, he probably forgot to take his potion, and and sure, he sure did, and he transforms back, and it's Barty Crouch Jr. the whole time, um, and he, so Dumbledore says, like, Snape, go get Veritaserum, uh, he sends someone to go get Winky for some reason, uh, Crouch is given Veritaserum, which is truth serum, uh, and we kind of hear more of his story, which is that uh, he didn't. He didn't die in Azkaban, as like a final wish to Barty Crouch Senior, Senior from his wife. Uh, he swapped places with his mom, uh, and was put in the care of Winky and basically hidden under an invisibility cloak, uh, while Crouch Senior kept him under an imperious curse to keep him keep him in control. Um, Winky eventually convinced Crouch Sr. to take Barty Crouch Jr. to the Quidditch World Cup, uh, where he did end up breaking free of the Imperious Curse and had stolen Harry's wand and cast the Dark Mark. Um, later, uh, or maybe actually it was before that, Bertha Jorkins had come, into, had come to visit Crouch Sr. at his house and discovered Barty Crouch Jr. was still alive, and so Crouch Sr. had to erase her memory. Um, and and that was the memory charm that Voldemort broke to torture her and find out information that there was a loyal Death Eater uh, in Barty Crouch Jr. that would help him carry out this plan. Um, uh, 
uh, Crouch Senior was put under the Imperious Curse uh, throughout this book by Voldemort to kind of carry on, uh, you know, business as usual. Uh, but Crouch Senior did end up throwing off the Imperious Curse, and that was when uh, we saw Crouch Senior uh, at the Forbidden Forest. But that night, uh, Crouch Junior tracked him down and killed him. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much this chapter. I think I grabbed every detail of Crouch Jr.'s story <laughs> that <Yeah>. is relevant. <sighs> Would you agree that this starts really strong? Yes. Yeah, yes. I I love the initial moments of Harry like w- like getting up and like like kind of taking stock of his surroundings. Um there's one th- line in particular that I thought that was really really interesting. Um and I thought was quite uh I, it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if it's uh uh just like intentional or like just like serendipity in the editing um but uh when harry is getting up and he says he he felt the cold hard handle of the triwizard cup and cedric's body like like Mm -hmm. no no adjectives for it just like just like it's the body and i thought that was quite quite good like that's really cool writing i think like like no nothing can describe that it is just like this like he knows what it is and like like is not processing it in terms yeah. of like adjectives it's, you know it's brutal it's it's um very heartbreaking it's such a good contrast to the previous chapters that we had that really bring back to this tragedy that has happened and i think it's really effective at kind of getting across that all of a sudden Harry's there. He's had this like huge, you know, traumatic experience. Cedric has been killed and he's back in this environment where everyone is there um, for something fun. Right. And it's, it's that realization that kind of happens in waves and, and it's like, it's chaos and people are pressing in around him and he's delirious. And I think that's like, it's very striking. It's very real. um, uh, The, the kind of visceral, uh, like being there as people are realizing that that something bad has happened Uh, so i really i really love all of the way this chapter opens yeah and the i think even the like the first part of the crouch moody reveal is great too the the line of questioning that, that like fake moody is giving him as they go up to his office is great um or just like kind of starts like like you know sounding like a typically concerned adult and then kind of slowly pivots into his like self-interest stuff um and i fucking love the monologue and granted we we were talking about this uh uh before you know as we were planning the show this might have to do a lot with like my memories of the jim dale reading of it but the uh him rattling off all the things he did with that, you know, who who did this? I did. Like monologue is so cool. Like that is that's the kind of yeah. villain speech I want from this this book. I, I think that this it really highlights kind of a problem with the other villain speeches too, because he goes through this long monologue of all these these things that happened in the plot of this book that we just read and care about, uh, that puts the pieces together. And I think that like. It really shows the satisfying part of having a mystery solved 
Yeah. Um, and then also puts it in contrast to him telling you a bunch of stuff you don't care about because it doesn't ma- it like didn't happen and you didn't see it and you didn't uh-huh. care how it happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, it starts so strong. I was reading this and I was like, oh, maybe this book really is just going to like pull it out in the very last minute. Right. Like, like, like I was I was on board with with him coming back from the graveyard and the chaos and the at the triwizard like uh arena and this scene is so strong and then uh all of a sudden dumbledore mcgonagall are action heroes and they bust down the door and everything (laughs) gets very stupid very quickly yes i it's it's a bummer i you know I think that there's a lot of stuff in Moody's kind of late, like his second half villain speech, which is kind of under the influence of Veritaserum. And then also some of the stuff right at the beginning um, that I just feel like is made a little bit too explicit. I think that the counter argument to that is that it's a kid's book and kids might not pick up on subtext as well. Um, The thing that I'm thinking of in particular is that um, Moody's motivation, or not Moody, uh, Crouch Jr.'s motivations uh, are made explicit in that they are tr- it is trying to draw a parallel of Crouch Jr. saying, I am like Voldemort, I killed my father too, um, Voldemort is my new dad. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and like that stuff could have all been subtext, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And instead, it is extremely explicit. Like, he doesn't go as far as to say, like, Voldemort is my dad. But uh, he might as well have done. He says, no, um, he, he he says, like, he is like a new father to me or something. Like, like it's something, pretty explicit. And he just goes on and on and on. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, he says it in, like, three different ways as he's taught. And it's like, you know, he's going to like me more than all the other death eaters they disappointed him but i'm you know i i am i want to be his son basically um and like which i don't like dislike I, as a motivation no uh, i think my but, problem with here with this is that i think that it is made too explicit because oh, yeah. it's a kid's book which i kind of uh, take a little bit of exception to because i think i think that when kids read fiction they're going to miss a lot of stuff because it isn't relevant to their life. Right. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's something that is not um, going to be meaningful to them. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I, all, 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 on the flip side too, I think, I think that like kids, I think that we often don't give kids enough credit uh, with, with storytelling. Right. Like, I think I think kids are pretty smart and can grok a lot of this stuff or like, you know, maybe if they don't get it immediately, you know, if you're reading a book with your kid or they're in school or whatever, and they're talking about it with other people like they'll they'll get there like like a lot of this stuff. I don't know, like like I mean, especially now I'm just thinking like we live in a in a uh, in a in a time when like subtext is presented as like cool lore that's like exciting to know uh Mm -hmm. and 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 talk about i think kids could pick up on that stuff you know like like yeah i I think they both like even if a kid were to read this and it was less explicit like maybe they won't be able to sit down and say like oh yeah uh the reason crouch did it is because 
you know, he wanted approval from his new father figure, Voldemort. But I like mm-hmm. don't even know if that would be their takeaway from this, which states it explicitly maybe three times. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not sure if being able to articulate that is the important part and and leaving that a little bit more mysterious, a little bit like let you kind of draw your own conclusions and and develop your own ideas about what's happening here would serve this better rather than yeah. just like here is like and it's also kind of weird from a a pr- the perspective of Moody saying it like he he presents such a bizarre level of self-awareness here that yeah. doesn't make any sense um especially contrasted with like some pretty rote like oh he's crazy like he's a crazy guy kind of tropes that like end up in the like back half of all of this well the other thing that's a bit confusing here is that like if someone's defense is going to be oh it's a kid's book it needs to be this you know laid out this explicitly i would argue this is not really a kid's book anymore uh or at least not in the sense that like it needs to have its plotting and uh theming outlined in in plain language anymore because like i mean like characters have just died wizard hitler is back uh (laughs) um, like someone cut off their damn hand uh in graphic detail earlier like i think we're we're beyond needing to uh coddle the audience i guess at this point in the story like yeah i it's just so confusing it's confusing for like the content if 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 the reading if the reading of it is it's so explicit because it's for kids that flies in the face of the content i feel and that just makes this a kind of a jumbled mess because it's like very graphic fairly adult uh, uh content presented like a child like i don't know like uh, like uh, like a child's story it was just a weird way to to handle it i think so i i I just feel like it's bad editing honestly yeah or or honestly in this case just bad writing like like i don't need i I don't think the blame needs to be put on the editor here i think that this solely lies with jk because it's like this is a cool character that is being defanged immediately um uh with the stupidest uh hmm. okay which do you think is a worse plot device for the world building of harry potter that is introduced (laughs) in this book do you think the pensive or veritaserum is worse i think the way they get around veritaserum is that i think that well no that doesn't make sense because i i I think it's like it doesn't work if you're like strong-willed enough like you can kind of like imperio resist your way out of it right so it's like not admissible in court or whatever or whatever. Like I think that's like the official lore yeah. line. Um, which doesn't make sense in this context since we have been shown already that Bertie Crouch Jr. is strong willed enough to throw off an Imperious curse. Um, I don't know. And it's so <laughs> weird because it feel it feels like all of these like artifacts belong in a kid's book and the novels grow out of it. Yes. But the yeah, magical artifacts remain. it's like there's like this weird tone here that feels like it feels almost as if jk rowling wanted to like watch men her own story right like like i'm i'm throwing off i'm throwing off the shackles of of this childish medium uh i'm (laughs) writing it i'm writing a self-reflexive wizard boy novel 
and I'm and I'm showing I'm showing the world for what it really is, and it's going to be more cynical and 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 darker, and uh, and the stakes are going to be uh, more more real and grounded. Um, but I'm also going to introduce the magic magic say truth potion and the and the magic VHS bowl and just really fuck up my own story here it's yeah not not really think through the consequences of those i'm like not even a, i'm not i don't really have a, even a problem with a more uh, cynical adult no, story I like the tone where a lot. where those where those things exist too but you have to think about them also yeah like like the entire point of doing a more like down-to-earth like self-critical version of that is to explore stuff like that right like you don't get to then rely on those tropes again to get you out of a writing jam (laughs) you know like that just feels like it's having its cake and eating it too in this case um i just i just was just so taken aback by this whole scene i've forgotten all of this scene um like i remembered the i did speech but i did not remember any of the actual barty crouch jr reveal I hate what this does to Dumbledore and McGonagall and like nearly all the professors that appear in this stuff. It is so boring. Like this is the part where the professors become epic. It this really is, truly this is. is um, this is the turn. And it's, it's so funny to me because it's like a part of the fandom that I don't connect with at all. And it's all the people on the subreddit that post that scene of McGonagall casting the like, make the knights turn into like whatever and they're like and they and they post it on the reddit like once a week and it's like a gif and it's like get like gives me chills every time mcgonagall's so epic or whatever And, and it's like i don't connect with that at all but i did not realize that that heel turn was gonna happen in the books at the end of book four yeah like like the and there's part there's part of it that i do like like there there's um there's a a specific moment where Harry, you know, the Dumbledore stormed in um, with his posse and and it says something like, oh, he had like none of the, you know, none of the whimsy that he he normally had. It was like stone cold anger on his face. And I liked that. And that like fit with a lot of the stuff I thought was like the theme of this book was this like coming of age and realizing the world is more, you know, complicated and people aren't. Um, you know, people don't fit neatly into the archetypes that you think they do as a child. Like I was like, oh yeah, we're seeing angry Dumbledore now. That's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. What I was not ready for was for him secretly actually just being M from James Bond. Yeah, yeah, they really, um, and also ter- making him that uh, retroactively makes everything that has happened make him seem really dumb. <laughs> yeah, like it's like Even he's this? such like he's such like a whimsical guy when he's like whimsical and like oh like everything worked out like okay fine he's like a whimsical old wizard man that's fine if he's M from James Bond there that point where he storms into the office and he says I knew as soon as Moody took you that it was him all along the real Moody would never take you out of my sight I'm like and you didn't put this together before with this yeah. like weird also, like smart guy powers you have now how fucking slow is dumbledore like like if he's if he if he if he realized immediately when when moody like waddled away with with harry here when fake moody like like got like yo fake moody has a peg leg 
Like is Dumbledore <laughs> is Dumbledore like incapable of of like I don't know shooting a spell like across a field or something? Is he like like why did he wait until now to bust the door down? How far behind him was was he when Harry when Harry was being questioned? Is like what's it's like when you when you make him this like secret agent guy the thing that just kills me about this is like i you know he's kind of at at arm's length from harry throughout this book he's very like kind of lets harry do whatever lets harry go fight voldemort and that works for old dumbledore in this scenario where someone has put harry's name in the goblet of fire there's really only so many people it could be right like there are (laughs) only so many new people in this like just from and and so like thinking that this is like serious Dumbledore's moment where he noted like it doesn't make sense I'm like why is this when he notices that Moody's not the correct Moody like I could imagine I I I would still probably not love it but I would at least accept this being the reveal of like kind of cold calculating bargaining chip Dumbledore who's like yeah mm-hmm. I knew the whole time but like I needed I needed you to confirm that Voldemort was was back or whatever, right? Like, like there's a there's a version of this where Dumbledore knows and is the smart guy and is just like letting Crouch hoist himself or whatever. Yeah, and even that works better just because it's like Harry is seeing that for for the first time, but we can then go back and assume that he was that way in Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. and Harry just never saw it because he was too young, or or he, or he was a child then, right? And now he now right. he's seeing the way it really is. But that's yeah, not really he, what happens. Right, like, there, there's a version of this where it's like, he could realize, like, oh, hang on, you're using me as, like, a pawn, right? Like, which I think he does eventually realize, but in, like, book seven, right? And then Dumbledore says, like, yeah, but it worked, didn't it? Um, well, is that part where, where uh, Crouch Jr. is telling Harry that he didn't like account on his stupidity in getting through the Triwizard tasks, which I kind of was like, damn, it's true. He's right. Uh, <laughs> that, okay, that part I will say is so fucking funny because, you know, I, 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 I do I do love that 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 whole rundown and like that plotting. But the uh, oh, you were so fucking stupid. I had to have a loud conversation in front of Dobby to to get it to work. That that is so funny. At the, at, the point, at the point where you are writing that into your book maybe think about how passive you've had your protagonist be the entire book this entire <laughs> like fucking fourteen thousand page the, book the villain yeah the villain like like the had... villain is nagging you <laughs> just imagine like 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 i want to see that conversation i want to see like dobby you know dobby getting the dry cleaning or whatever and and moody just being like yeah harry potter that kid's so fucking stupid he would never he would never <laughs> think to use gillyweed which you can find in snape's office by the way like <laughs> oh my god huh, there's yeah. a really funny like crouch junior comedy of errors story in here yes yes 100 percent. like th- so the the other thing here and this is one of those things this this so much for me highlights the difference between like a plot hole quote unquote that i don't care about and one that makes itself too obvious Mm -hmm. if this book had stuck the landing here and like you know in the service of like making dumbledore's character change and you know showing him for being as being more manipulative and making harry uh learn something about like navigating the world as an adult uh I could completely forgive how silly the Triwizard Tournament stuff is, right? 
But because everything is sort of falling apart at the end here, it just really throws into sharp relief how completely unnecessary uh, fake Moody's plan was this entire time. It is so complex and convoluted. He had Harry alone with him so many times. Like, he could easily have just, like been like hey like didn't they meet on the grounds at one point like couldn't he have just been like hey check this out and like touched his arm and like grabbed the port key and then just delivered him to voldemort then and there like it yeah, just because is... he, he can apparently make any object into a port key right <laughs> and, and we know voldemort has persistent uh, uncontested access to this graveyard which as far as i know is the only other like component here right like it's not yeah. even a time they didn't even write in like a timing thing like it has to be the third moon of, of like, why that, didn't that, they do that it's Hold so up. easy oh, <laughs> that's such an easy lampshade one and done but, it has to like, be done like, on the full moon right but even then it's like moody's still like instead of walking the trophy out to the maze he could have just walked it to harry and said hey touch this <laughs> but yeah i feel like that might have gone a long way to uh, kind of lampshade that and also it's magic so you can just write any of that in it doesn't matter it's made up (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that is the thing that is so funny in these books always is it's like there are so many weird logic holes that could just be filled up with magic because it's a fucking fantasy book here's a a good one Are, are you ready for this yeah uh when voldemort or not voldemort but wormtail goes and grabs each component of like the potion that brings Voldemort back. It's like, <laughs> like blood, blood from the enemy right after a recent victory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh my God. It's, it's that easy, folks. It's magic. You can just make whatever up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the uh, bones uh, of the and father. That, and that's so after great. After killing that, a child. Uh, this this is even, because I'm like, I'm so into this, like, my new fan fiction idea, which is my uh, Crouch Jr. perspective comedy of errors, where it's like, oh, <laughs> we, we need Harry uh, kidnapped after a recent victory. Like, oh, we'll just get him after after a Quidditch game. And then it's like, damn it, Quidditch is canceled. There's a Triwizard tournament this year. <laughs> Like just, da- just goddamn it! <laughs> I'm okay. What I want is the next Harry Potter game. Instead of being uh, uh, this like 1800s Hogwarts fantasy thing, I want a game where you are Barty Crouch Jr. and the game is basically <laughs> Hitman, but it's at Hogwarts, and you have to kill Harry in very specific ways. But he is so stupid, it never works. Oh my god! Inc- <laughs> that's so incredible. <laughs> it's just hitman you're moody you can get polyjuice disguises you're walking around you have to find and kill harry but he's just so stupid he just he's won't just fall so for dumb. anything you, oh that's so good i love that <laughs> <sighs> yeah i just can't deal with how much uh, of a like wasted opportunity this character is He's so scary. He's so he scary. Is. And then well, he they was. immediately he, yeah, was he was so scary. Yeah. Uh and then and then they just turn him into a normal guy and he just says his whole thing because of truth juice. But he's crazy. That was the other like Ooh. at the very end of this chapter, they just like it's another heel turn where she's like, he has an insane smile, and I feel like I'm reading like creepy pasta. <laughs> Slender Barty. 
Um, yeah, Barty Crouch Jr. is going to move into the Slender Mansion and hang out with <laughs> uh, hang out with Jeff the Killer or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's and 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 this also suffers like it is. It is so funny to me that they needed the truth juice because we are. He's already fresh. saying everything. He yeah, clearly we, is. Yeah, not, we, we're already he's chill fresh. about it. Actually, we're fresh off of not only him explaining like like monologuing to Harry everything. We're fresh off of Voldemort, the Dark Lord, also monologuing unprompted about every little piece of minutia and in, in his plan to Harry, like. I don't think you need the Veritas Serum. And I think that introducing it just makes the whole story... Like, I'm not skipping ahead here, because I'll, I'll save this criticism for the Kraut, or for the um, Fudge stuff, but, like, like just introduces more ways for your own story to fall apart. Like, just let him monologue, I guess. Like, like hasn't fucking stopped you so far in this book. We got Sirius, we've got Voldemort, we've got Crouch in this scene beforehand, before he takes the truth juice. Like, yeah, these characters are tripping over each other to tell you stuff. <laughs> they fucking love it. The whole, the I was losing my mind. And like, granted, I know that I, I, I also keep saying this because I keep bringing it up every episode, but like <laughs> this dialogue structure between Dumbledore and uh, Crouch is literally a Bioware RPG. Like, like he has the radial wheel on him and he's like, like, tell me, tell me what happened to the graveyard. And then we get like this massive monologue to him. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. Tell me what happened with your father. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Like it's it's it is just Commander Shepard when you get when you meet a new character and you get like that whole radial wheel of like like tell me tell me about your military history. Tell me about your your parents. Tell me why why did you join Cerberus? Like just, what is this place? What is this place? What can you tell me about this place? Yeah. <laughs> God, it really is. Um, I feel like we can talk about this chapter forever, but I feel like we yeah. got to move it along. We do. We can Let's, always let... reference back. I'm going to jump yeah, into yeah. chapter 36. 36. Uh, 36. 36. Oh, 36 yeah. Chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways. Um, uh, Dumbledore takes Harry to his office. After all of this, Sirius is there. Um, Dumbledore says to Harry tell me what happened in the graveyard um Sirius kind of objects and Harry kind of doesn't want to but Dumbledore says you know it's like ripping the band-aid off like you're gonna have to talk about it if you wait it's just gonna hurt more uh so Harry tells the story of everything that happened in the graveyard um he does get to the part about Voldemort able to touch him without getting hurt um saying that Voldemort said that when his blood was used it it I, I can't remember how he phrased it he said he, like, he took whatever protection that Harry's mom gave him. Uh, and at that moment, Dumbledore has a look of triumph on his face. Um, Harry does get to the part about the ones connecting and Dumbledore kind of wisely says like, ah, priori uh, incantatum um, and, and explains uh, what that is, which is just two wand brothers fight, don't want to fight, but if they are forced to, they will regurgitate their previous spells for some reason. Um, Dumbledore then, you know, says like, hey, thanks for telling me. Now I'm going to take you to the hospital wing where you can recover. Uh, and Sirius is going to go with him as a dog. Uh, the Weasleys and Ron Hermione are waiting in the hospital wing uh, and are very relieved to see Harry. But Dumbledore says, like, don't ask him any questions. He's been through a lot tonight. Um, Harry goes to sleep after taking, I think, dreamless sleep potion. Um, 
uh, but he wakes up to arguing and it's Fudge and McGonagall. Uh, basically, uh, Fudge went to go and talk to, to Barty Crouch Jr., uh, but he brought a Dementor with him for protection, and the Dementor just swooped right in and, and gave gave Barty Crouch Jr. a little kiss. Um, and so he's basically dead. Um, Dumbledore is like, you know, what, ha- what happened? you know oh no you've lost your your witness to what happened and fudge kind of gets defensive and is like what was there to know it was a crazy lunatic killed cedric diggory um and was a was a death eater so it's good that he was good that he was killed um and dumbledore says like no he wasn't working alone voldemort is back fudge basically disagrees there's no way that he's back says that harry's crazy he can't be trusted um kind of says that dumbledore has been keeping things about harry uh, from him and has been given too much leeway in the running of Hogwarts. Um, Harry kind of stops pretending to be asleep or, or kind of interjects and says like, Fudge, if you've been reading Rita Skeeter um, and, and, and says, you know, I did see Voldemort come back. He's back. Um, Fudge is still just like, no, he's not. You go, you're all crazy. Um, and that's when uh, Dumbledore gives an epic speech um, to Fudge. Um, he starts off by telling Fudge, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying not to editorialize. Um, he starts off by telling Fudge, like, if you know what's good for you, you're going to take the Dementors away from Azkaban because uh, they're going to be in league with Voldemort and also go talk to the Giants because if you don't, they will also be in league with Voldemort. Uh, he's like, no, I will not do that. Um, and I'm just going to read Dumbledore's epic speech because I have no idea how to contextualize this in the rest of the book. Um, and so Dumbledore says, you are blinded by the love of the office you hold. You place too much importance uh, on so-called purity of blood. You failed to recognize that it matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. Your Dementor has just destroyed the last remaining member of a pureblood family as old as any and see what that man chose to make of his life. I tell you now, take the steps I have suggested and you will be remembered. In office or out, as one of the bravest and greatest ministers of magic we have ever known, fail to act and history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world we have tried to rebuild. Uh, Fudge is like, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and so there's like uh, Dumbledore says the na- the chapter name, which is we've reached a parting of the ways. Um, Snape then decides to step in and be like, "You're denying it." Well, check out my tattoo, and he shows Fudge's his tattoo. Fudge looks around and is like, "You guys are nuts." Uh, bye. Uh, but gives Harry his Triwizard winnings. Uh, Dumbledore springs into action. He says there's work to be done. And he asks uh, if he can count on Molly and Arthur Weasley. They say yes. Uh, he says that he would like to speak with Madame Maxime and Hagrid uh, for a mysterious mission. And he also lets Sirius kind of show himself to the group and says that he's cool. Um, he, he's, now, <laughs> he's, going to, he's going to assemble the old crowd. He asks Snape to go on a mysterious mission, which Snape agrees to. Um, Hermione makes a really loud noise by the window but we don't get to find out what it is and that's the, and that's the, and that's the chapter uh my unbiased summary of the things that happened in this chapter dumbledore has a pensive in his office he yeah. has a pensive in his office yeah they can uh, solve this entire snape, conflict snape, snape used his veritas serum all up on bernie crouch jr um so there's really just no way to know fuck this this is where everything truly goes off the rails and this this uh is like a culmination of like all of 
like like this is the kingdom hearts crossover event this is uniting all of my favorite stupid harry potter bullshit into one the one scene this is a way more cohesive politics than this does (laughs) yes yes probably does that's that's true uh this but this is this brings in a little sprinkle of that good good uh uh farce of too many characters standing in a room while harry is listening (laughs) Uh, it, it brings in uh, completely uh, unreadable politics uh, in in regards to the uh, the state of the government that the the, the story like revolves around. Uh, it brings in uh, way too long monologues that don't go anywhere and have nothing to do with what's going on in the scene. It's just mwah, it's everything. It's everything I love about stupid Harry Potter bullshit in one chapter. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to untangle this one. Um, uh, can we start with the scene in Dumbledore's office where Harry's telling his story? There's not Dumbledore's a whole the lot worst here. therapist in the world. <laughs> he's yeah. terrible at, at, at this. I mean, he's not, he's not qualified. <laughs> hey, um, I know you're traumatized, but you could you just like tell me all of it right now? Uh, it'll be worse if you don't. He was right, though. Because Harry's like, oh, that was better. Yeah. Well, because the Phoenix, because the Phoenix gave him weird, weird tear powers or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I kind of skipped over that because it seemed irrelevant. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I guess anyway. it's not because it has to do with the wands. I don't. I don't know. Uh, we yeah, get well, some that's... important wand lore here, which is just um, Dumbledore acting like he knew what the the wand connecting thing was the whole time, and is not surprised by it. It's so confusing because he says this was the discussion we were having last week about Priori and Contatum because it's like, wait a minute, isn't that just a reference to a spell that he did in the or that Crouch did in the in the beginning of the book? But I guess it's also this. It's such a hilarious moment because it uh, in the same way that Crouch saying that Harry is so dumb uh, does to the story. um this moment where Dumbledore says, oh, Priori and Cantatum, even Sirius is like, oh, the reverse spell spell? Uh-huh. And Dumbledore's like, no, it's a different thing with the same name, actually. <laughs> yes! It's oh, a different, cooler thing with maybe, the same again, name. Again, I know I said this before, but maybe if you're writing that, you should kind of reevaluate what you've got going on. <laughs> oh my god. And, and yeah, this this is just so much like i think disservice to the dumbledore character or at least like makes him so much less interesting him just like suddenly becoming just like the smartest like like the thing that made dumbledore interesting previously is that like he was very smart but sort of like at his own behest right like yes things came to him uh uh you know at their own speed and like you know he he would always get there in the end but like you never really knew what he was thinking he was very eccentric and weird he kind of felt a little bit more like a force of nature in the world, like yes. a fixture that really like couldn't quite like wasn't quite down to earth and was important, but just like, you know, he, he was a force of nature and, and couldn't be thought of as much else. Yeah, like like he he probably, you know, he was wise, but he wasn't proactive, right? Like like he now all of a sudden he's like the master spy manipulator guy like like, so boring it's It's so dumb it's such a disconnect and makes that other kind of fanciful character that i do enjoy and it's like the stuff 
because I, I think that it, it is contextualizing a lot of Harry Potter criticism or discussion that people have, um, but typically they have it. Um, it. It is a discussion that occurs like wholly in universe. Um, we kind of talked about this, like talking about the events in a story as if they really happened. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I think that there's like a lot of reflexive, like looking back at the first few books and the way Dumbledore acted and then painting that in like a negative light, at, like as he is in the later books. And I kind of want to step out of that inter-universe criticism and look right. at it as a character that just heel turns and turns and becomes a different character halfway through the series. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's very, I mean, cause like even in the first book, the impression that you got was that he was very wise and definitely like, uh, powerful, but like everyone thinks he's a kook, right? Yeah. Uh, um and and him being this like quirky like uh, like like quirky wizened guy i think honestly is more like i think it would be more interesting if he remained that way in the face of like voldemort returning right like if he if if shit was like really hitting the fan but he was just being like just as airy and uh and obtuse and everyone was like, okay, but Dumbledore, you're like super powerful. What do we do? And he's just like, oh, I like to have a gumdrop. Uh, my, my, my father always told me that uh, when it rains, you can always find a frog underneath a rock or something like, you know, just like I, I, yeah. I find that so much more interesting, like him being thrust into uh, direct conflict with Voldemort, who is cold and calculating and manipulative and, a, and like a spy master guy that's so much better than them just being like the same guy, but one's good and one's bad. Right. Yeah. It sure turns this into a different kind of story. Doesn't it? Sure does. Shall we talk about this fudge scene? Yeah, I can't fit. I, I, you know, I read this for the first time um, a few days ago and I read it again last night uh, because in between I was like, certainly if I let that percolate and then I read it again, I will have a clearer uh, idea of how to untangle the politics of what happens here. And that is not true. <laughs> I no. am still, I am still just about as confused other than uh, coming to like a conclusion that I think JK Rowling thinks that racism is an evil guy in a graveyard. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I honestly think that is kind of the long and short of it. I, I read that I in my summary I read Dumbledore's epic speech mostly because it comes so out of nowhere. It feels like it's supposed to be like a moral lesson that belongs at the end of a book that is about any of those things. <laughs> but it, but it's really like it thematically is such a miss. Like I cannot find anything else in here like even tangentially related except maybe the Rita Skeeter stuff sort of but that seemed it's such like a B plot that I also don't care about that I just can't I I I, I mean I guess the scene is set up for the next few books right it's not supposed to be related to Goblet of Fire at all this is this is so out of nowhere and so unrelated to anything actually in this book this feels like something she wrote completely separately from the book and just like had to put in here somewhere but like i want dumbledore to do an epic takedown on the prime minister 
like is like is this a a a tony blair thing because like i don't think so because jk rowling is like prime blairite like centrist labor person uh is it is it about america is it about the uk like what is like is this a churchill thing like is this is this world war Two? is 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 she like fudge fudge could be epic like churchill if he if he smoked a cigar and and stood up to the to the to the nazis like what's what's what is the target here I, I, like i guess at it's most surface my most surface level reading of what is happening here unrelated to anything else is Dumbledore is saying to Fudge, if you ignore a populist racist movement, it will destroy the world, right? That's the way I want to. That's my charitable reading of it, right? Like that's that's the thing I want here. But that flies in. And granted, this was 20 years ago. This was being written now. But that is so not J.K. Rowling. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think I think it's a a simplistic, um, kind of emblematic of the time, um, idea of how you combat injustice, right? Because because it, it is very like. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, oh, the, the 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 leader of the system needs to be epic and make the system good, right? Like, right. It's like it's not it's not that the system is bad. It's that if you ignore the the comically evil guy in he he will overthrow the system, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I can see that um because i was just i was just thinking reading this i just couldn't help but think about the the end of crimes of grindelwald and how basically it's the same thing right like like uh the the cops have got to be the cops have got to be like it's it's almost the opposite because it's like the end of crimes of grindelwald is like if you fight the racist guy too much then he you'll wins. just make it worse right yeah you'll God, make it more so racist <laughs> yeah that's so interesting to compare the two because they because they they're also like both the same scene almost like 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 this like jk rowling had a polemic that she wanted to get out there and like had a platform for it and like 20 years ago it was this book uh and and this year it was uh was the johnny depp movie but it's it's so funny to compare the two and like yeah, I guess they are opposites, you know, in a weird way, even though the. I, I just don't know. I, I like like there there is a version of this where I, I think it's uh, it's quite radical compared to like where J.K. Rowling is as an author now. Um, but all of it. Yeah, I mean, Dumbledore is essentially setting up a resistance cell, right? Like to. to... Yes. Sort of. I mean, as as far as you can take that in this like ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like the yeah. scale and the and the, what is happening here is really hard to grok, kind of. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to parse this stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 I I I totally see the like. Oh, this is actually like a 
a more radical position than JK has taken elsewhere. But I also keep remembering that like the rest of these books uh, is this resistance cell and like the order of the Phoenix and, and Dumbledore's army, et cetera, et cetera. Like just trying to get a, a better minister of magic and power. Right. Like they're not, they're not like changing anything and they're not like radically overthrowing anything. They're like, no, we want, uh, we don't want scrim, scrim, whatever his name is. Imger. Um, we don't want the image <laughs> uploading service being the, being the, the prime minister. We want a cool guy like Kingsley Shacklebolt or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, like it's, this is all very messy. Um, aside from the, like, I kind of touched on this before, but aside from the like politics that are kind of laid out here, um, it really does feel like it comes out of nowhere um, and feels like the beginning of a different book. If that makes 100%. sense. Like, yeah, like 100%. Uh, it's, it's very strange. Um, for, Cause like fudge has been a character um as kind of the like bumbling kind of goofy politician character uh that i have previously enjoyed um oh, yeah. it feels very strange to me to have uh the way he's going to be characterized going forward basically just like told to us by dumbledore right like like dumbledore just like very explicitly tells us his motivations yeah but we yes. have but it's like it's kind of uh, like based on nothing other than like Dumbledore's word, I suppose. Well, there's there's an element of it. Like, I think one of the things I've enjoyed about Fudge before is I like there's an element of his character that just feels like he enjoys the theater of being the minister. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's different from Dumbledore's accusation, which is that like Dumbledore is basically calling him like like power hungry, which I don't think Fudge is. Fudge Fudge doesn't seem power hungry. Fudge just seems like he doesn't understand how serious government work is right mm -hmm. um so i i find this like recharacterization of him quite odd um like i feel like the uh, to, to to do like the writer's workshop thing here i feel like the thing that would have been more appropriate for like fudge as the character we know him up to this point would be to have him like uh be like not in denial because because it's inconvenient to him but like be in denial because he's terrified and like becomes completely incompetent right like he's revealed to just be completely incompetent and like begs anyone else to take the job or whatever right like just leaves the ministry in shambles because he can't he can't run it with like an actual political problem uh happening right yeah, there I I'm kind of noticing some I mean, we've kind of talked about Harry like growing up, I guess, and like seeing adults as they are kind of for the first time in this book. And I would say that Fudge um kind of mirrors Vernon Dursley in a way. Like I I almost feel like it's kind of harkening back to like at least the like the things that Dumbledore is saying is gesturing toward um the same kind of criticism the books level at at Dursley. Um, at Vernon Dursley saying like he wants his perfect life right like his, his like very buttoned up uh and, and like 
Fudge going to work at the ministry reminds me of Vernon going to work at uh, the drill factory. Or yes, whatever. yes, hundred percent. And so, and so, it does some interesting things where it's like, um, and I don't. I guess that's my most interesting read of this is that Harry in seeing how the adults really are is finding out that wizards are no different than muggles. Right. And not in Mm -hmm. like a flattering way, but like, this is how people are. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, the Dursleys are not unique in their like banal, like, like shittiness. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I I I do, I'd see that for sure. Um, what the fuck is with the Hermione scene when she gets Rita? Like that just comes completely out of out of left field. Her, I thought Hermione was like in the scene. She has nothing to do in this book. Like no, she's, she's, she's 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 in the room just so she can do this. Uh, yeah, if I were editing this, I, I've said this before, but if I were editing this, I would I would have her be an exchange student somewhere else in this book. She does not need to be here at all. <laughs> no, there's just really no there's not. no reason. Um, also, like it's quite a, very bad. <laughs> it's quite a violent description. I worry that she she like crushed Rita. Honestly, I, yeah, I'm very curious about. Um, uh, usually, I don't get too curious about lore stuff, but in this case, I'm like. How does the animagus thing work? Like, if you if you are a beetle and you lose a leg as a beetle, yeah. right? Which is pretty easy to do. Um, yeah. Do you have you like lost a leg? Yeah. What as a human? Yeah. What curious. what happens? Um, if if <laughs> I'm I'm curious too. Like like if uh, if if she was caught. Was it better for her to stay as a bug and let Hermione blackmail her? Or what if she had just popped, like, if she just, like, popped back into human form in the room and, like, whoops, forgot my hat or something and, like, ran out the room? Like, would that have been yeah, better I don't, for I don't her? Yeah, I don't know what the legal consequences of being an unregistered animagus is. I can't imagine that it's that steep. You're going straight to Azkaban. The Dementor is here. It's already sucking off Barty, and here he comes to, to get you too for being an animal. Um, it, something that I hadn't ever thought about before, um, probably because the last time I was reading this, I was a dumb kid. But is the implication that the Dementor uh, sucked out Barty Crouch Jr.'s soul um, because Voldemort asked him to? Ah, uh, ooh, I. Hmm. Or asked it to. I don't know. I, I, or he's like in command of the Dementors, and they kind of act in his interest. I never thought about that. I just I always thought that is it, it was just like ooh Dementor, see he yum yum like like sees a, this, sees a person. Yeah, this has just made such a point to bring up the Dementors being in yeah. Voldemort like three or four times now. Um, so that was just a yeah detail I'm that they are not they are not really in uh in the pocket of the ministry like unaffiliated currently yeah 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 that's i'd, I'd be curious to know that I, I don't have an answer it, it is imagine how cool that scene would have been if we had gotten to see it as opposed to hearing about it secondhand uh, uh from mcgonagall yeah that that would be interesting um we talked about this a little bit or rather i proposed this to you uh before recording um but here's uh, since we just offer fixes now um just a yeah. little bit of, of help to the book um uh what if snape was m instead yes, of dumbledore yes that is uh, th- yeah yeah we were talking about this i feel like that would be such a 
more interesting. I, I feel like that that fixes or not fixes that 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 ticks all of the boxes that the Dumbledore change is like is trying to do for the story right like mm-hmm. like it is it is a reveal that a character is more like involved in the grander scheme of things than they've been letting on uh it is a, uh, a surprising change for a character who is familiar to harry and as behaving one particular way um but also like we know that snape is like he he loves having power like he he loves having control over people and like he would fucking relish the idea of being like the mission giver guy yeah like <laughs> like, like his like if i and like and like he is also like way more equipped to do it than dumbledore like he you know him and dumbledore clearly go way back like dumbledore trusts him and has told him to do spy shit before but like I, I'm much more, I'm into this idea of like, okay, Dumbledore is still kind of airheaded and and like slow. Like I just imagine Dumbledore is like a Yoda character, right? Like he is very wise, um, but he's like not directly involved, right? Any or like shouldn't be like, like I don't know, episode two. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I I'm no I'm no big fan of Chamber of Secrets, um, but like it fits much more with this idea that it's like you're allied with Dumbledore, but you can't really call him in to do anything, but it's like, he will send a hat and a bird, you know, like (laughs) if you're lucky. Um, And, and and I say that in a joking way, but I I do like that a lot more Mm -hmm. for him. Yes. Like he has, he has, he's eccentric and like, he is helpful, but his solutions to problems are outlandish. Right. Like, like he is, uh, um, he's unpredictable and like snape on the other hand we know snape is clever uh we know snape is ruthless um snape is 100 percent the character who is most equipped to be the like uh the like nitty-gritty like mission planner guy i think i think that would just be so much cooler like it would give snape something to do first of all um uh, instead of just being off screen doing another mission somewhere but like uh I like the idea of him having like because of the political climate having like even more authority over Harry would be really funny. Like that would be like a funny consequence of this too, right? Like like yeah, now like you the, the now you really between... can't fuck with me Potter. Like I I'm I'm fucking I'm I'm the spy master. Like Yeah, and like Harry not wanting him in that role or feeling disrespected by him, but you know, he can't really argue with Dumbledore. Like I and I like basically anything else that could come from his arc other than what we got, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like pretty much anything is an improvement. I will say I am very biased. I am biased toward cool Snape and Snape becoming cool instead of what he became. But I really, I, I like that version a lot better. But there, but there's, I mean, there's also a way that it, it, it serves both things, right? Where like, this could be a cool reveal for Snape, but could also still be very funny. Because like, we've seen, we've seen Snape throw temper tantrums and stuff before. Like, can you imagine him like, like dressing people down like on debriefings or whatever after they've been on a secret or mission uh, or whatever it also just like, it also makes the snape serious conflict make way more sense moving forward like yeah. snape won't send serious on missions or whatever instead of them just like kind of fighting for no reason 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like he, yeah, he I'm, won't trust I'm Sirius. I'm so invested in this. I'm going to be so disappointed. This is, I hey, know what it's you have be. It. You have your <laughs> fan fiction. You have your calling now. I have so many. My my Barty Crouch Jr. fan fiction. Uh, the my, only the only person Snape Lockhart who can, fan fiction. Yeah. You, no, you combine them. The only person who can who can who can convince him to relax is a is a strange, uh, uh, annoying celebrity guy. Ooh, I he like that a, a lot. Just has yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, it's possible. I yeah. I just I. Uh, like like we're we're really off on a tangent here but i just i just read all this stuff and i was like shouldn't this be snape like shouldn't this be snape like revealing that like he actually does wield some sort of like actual like authority over everyone here because he's in charge of the resistance per dumbledore like that just seems like it would be i mean i don't know that makes more sense to me and it would it would certainly be a more interesting character path for snape moving forward it's dumbledore though dumbledore is dumbledore it it sucks the like gathering of the old crowd i remember i to be fair i do remember being very like because there's this huge gap between goblet of fire and order of the phoenix and when i read this the first time i was so pumped about this stuff right like i was like holy shit like this is this is getting real this is like becoming like this cool like spy stuff and that, and it just doesn't end up being very cool ever. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's 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 such a weird turn. We have one more chapter to talk about here. We've got to yeah, we've gotta yeah, keep yeah. I'll jump into it. It's uh, chapter thirty-seven, which is called the beginning. Uh, Harry goes to visit. But Hagrid. wait a minute! It's the end of the book. Whoa, that's so crazy! How did she do that? Whoa, J.K. Harry goes to visit Hagrid. Uh, maybe Hermione and Ron are there. I, I don't. It doesn't matter. Um, it, we find out that Hagrid's been spending time with Madame Maxime, probably on a secret mission from Dumbledore. I wonder what that nice. could be. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we we are falling apart right here at the end of this book. We need to <laughs> keep not editorializing. Um. Uh. Hagrid and Harry kind of talk about how how much of a bummer it is that Voldemort is back. See, I can't stop. It's such a bummer that Voldemort is back, uh, but Hagrid drops some wisdom saying that uh, what's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. Um, Nice. Nice. Uh, At the final feast, Moody is there, but it's very, like, real Moody. It's very somber. There are no house colors up, which there usually are because of the house cup, but everything is black because it's a secret funeral for cedric and uh everyone is sad dumbledore gives a speech and says that um you know the official word of the ministry is that cedric died in a freak accident but he owes the kids the truth uh voldemort is back cedric was murdered um this is kind of this is a a turning point um and they need to stress you know community and togetherness to to be prepared to fight voldemort um and Harry kind of sees the Slytherins, particularly Draco Malfoy and Crabbe and Goyle, um, whom he knows their fathers were um, at the at the graveyard, seeing as Voldemort uh, picked them out by full first and last name. Um, and he sees <laughs> them kind of chatting amongst themselves and not respecting Cedric, uh, not respecting the troops. Uh, so Harry is mad at that. 
Uh, it's time to take the train uh, back back after the year at Hogwarts. Um, Fleur comes up and says bye to Harry, and she's you know nice to him and has been friendly since the second task, um, and says that she'd like to come back and and work on her English. Um, I think she also gives Ron a kiss on the cheek. Uh, Crumb also comes up and talks to Harry and is very nice and says, you know, sorry, I'm so sorry about Cedric. I always really liked him. Uh, he was always really polite and nice to me and, and welcoming. And as he's kind of walking away, um, Ron uh, asks for an autograph, kind of has a little inner conflict himself and finally asks for that autograph. Uh, and Hermione smiles um, on the train. Hermione kind of reveals the Rita Skeeter thing. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, Rita Skeeter was a bug. Um, and Hermione has been p- keeping Rita Skeeter in a jar for maybe a month or longer. <laughs> yes, a month. Really, yes. I'm, I'm, yeah. Something like that. Um, Malfoy does end up barging into their train car and basically is like, haha, bet you're sad Cedric's died, dead. I'm not. Um, and so uh, Ron, uh, Herm- he also says some stuff about like, you picked the wrong side. So he's going to go with Voldemort, I guess. Um, Harry, Ron, Hermione pull out their wands uh, and stun him. And also Fred and George are there who, and also stunned him. So he's out, out cold on the ground. Uh, Fred and George kind of show up as if nothing happened. And they're, they're goofballs. They tell the story about Ludo Bagman. I'm also not going to recount it. It doesn't matter. Uh, Ludo Bagman gave them leprechaun gold and then avoided them. Um, at the end, Harry kind of gets a, a private moment with fred and george and says hey have my triwizard uh winnings if you don't take it i'm gonna throw it away open a joke shop we're gonna need some jokes soon um uh go start your youtube channel uh harry then meets up with uncle vernon uh and then repeats the the narrator harry potter repeats the hagrid line at us and that is the last line and that is the end of the goblet of fire um i'm sorry for this very biased (laughs) <laughs> we did it we did we it we fucking did it we did it we finished it Cedric's dead um thank you for that yeah wow uh okay I'm gonna get the good thing out of the way I do think that the thing at the very beginning of this chapter when Cedric's parents meet Harry is really good oh uh, I skipped that entirely didn't I yeah, well, you did, but like, I don't blame you. It is like an island of of like emotional uh, content in a sea of just pointless wrap up stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So like, they they show up uh, at the hospital wing, and there's just this really short, kind of uh, clipped scene between them, where like you know they don't blame him. Um. He tries to give them the money and they refuse and like it's just very it's so brutal because it's it it has the same vibe to me as the the old i know i am thinking about it i can't remember if it was in this book or not but there's that uh that dumbledore line or the line about dumbledore um earlier in the story that where you know he asked harry something and it says you know it it, it was worse than if he had shouted right yeah um and that has that's the thing that stuck with me for a long time from harry potter and like this scene is such a good echo of that i feel like Uh it's so much more awkward uh because they're just very polite and very you know they're they're putting up a brave face and like 
that 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 scene is just rough uh, and i really really like that i thought that was a really great moment um then uh they go to the funeral feast and hermione has a bug in her bag for 30 days hermione you know here's the thing you can't hold someone hostage for a month i don't no. care I, even if yeah. they wrote bad articles yeah, for you, the crime of for the crime <laughs> of like writing writing a slightly mean editorial for the crime of posting, but <laughs> uh, for making bad posts, um, she is being held hostage in a jar. Um, I I don't want to like dig too deeply into this because it doesn't really matter. It's such and honestly, my biggest problem with it is that it clashes with the tone change that we have had. Yes, because you cannot keep a bug who is a person in a jar for a month like (laughs) how easy it is to kill a bug in a jar like hermione could just be a murderer here and and i don't care about this in a fantasy children's story i do kind of care in this like new gritty war movie story that we've got going on why can't rita just pop up just swoop back up into human size bust out of the jar and leave well don't worry i think that that is said explicitly that hermione has put an unbreakable charm on the jar that so she uh, can't oh so she would die a horrible death if yeah she did that. Big so time. that would be so 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 not only could hermione injure the bug hermione could like wake up one morning and just have like a gore jar yeah with, like just just a human blender uh like stuck in ew, god also you know what that reminds me i didn't mention this from maybe the first chapter we read this week um but there's a part where crouch jr is explaining how he killed his dad and then to dispose of the body he transfigured it into turned a it bone, into bone. He's, like, I turned it in. he's like i turned it into a bone and then buried it how does anyone in this universe ever get caught for murder ever <laughs> ever 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 i i also, am like how I, will, I have a question. We're just, I'm off the rails. I don't give a shit about this last <laughs> chapter. It's bad. It's stupid. They get on the train. What the fuck ever. Uh, why? How can, we know that you need to drink the polyjuice potion once every hour. How did, like, did they have the whole funeral for his mom within the hour that she died? What the fuck? We know mm. explicit. We know explicitly that you need to to be keep sipping on that on that juice to to stay as uh, stay in the form of another person. If she died, wouldn't she morph back? Do you, if you um, die in someone that- else's form, do you stay in that form? I this is like definitely a plot hole that like again I typically like I don't care about. I think that we should circulate it and see if we can get the Harry Potter fandom to pick up on it so that it gets posted, posted, posted so much that J.K. <laughs> Rowling sees it and then That's the third and the, and then the third Fantastic Beasts film we specifically get someone that dies while under the influence of Polyjuice Potion and a line where Jacob says to Newt like, "Oh, is he gonna turn back?" Uh, no, you don't turn back if you die in potion. <laughs> like that'll just be in the. Third That's movie. why they delayed the movie. Gotta they, put that someone, in. Someone found out. Someone was like, "JK, <laughs> I was rereading Goblet of Fire. Really like the book, but how, how did the funeral happen?" And she's like, <sighs> "Fuck, we've got to delay the movie. I need to write it. I need to fit a scene in here. I need to kill someone under the influence." Why would he turn his potion? dad into a bone? Why would it's he need symbolic? Turn- <laughs> F- fuck uh, something um 
I, he's I not don't the know. dog. Sirius is the dog. It would make sense if Sirius <laughs> did that. Because it would uh, be like, oh, he's a dog. He's a, got dog brain. Sirius as a dog dug up the bone and it was like, oh, that'd be twisted. That'd be so twisted. That'd be fucking twisted. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So what happens? They have a sad meal. They have a sad meal, uh, and Harry notices that Cho is sad. I I feel like I feel like this is the second time I brought up this story on this podcast. Um, but somehow it keeps being relevant, which is when a teacher like shouldn't tell you something, and then they're like, "I'm going to tell you," because uh, you got to know. Uh, and my example of that is when my history teacher showed us Saving Private Ryan. Uh, but that's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's that's what Dumbledore reminds me of in this scene. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck is your problem, dude? Like, like they'll they'll figure it out. Also, they'll, the news will get there. My other story of that is when my like English teacher showed us a um, tribute video of nine eleven set to an Enya song and was like, "I shouldn't show you this." <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't. Oh, I want us to find that video so badly. There, I mean, there's got to be tons of them. I like, distinctly remember it was like on a GeoCities style site or angel fire or whatever and the background was like tiled like clouds and it was in one of those like old old timey video players obviously um and there was like there was like a a gif underneath in that era style of like a candle and like a cross and like glittery letters like r.i.p i'm just like so i i have a double connection here because one like I, my version of this is when my uh, American history teacher showed us the Zapruder fi- film, like unedited. Mm. So you just saw JFK's sure, brain yeah. get splattered all over the car. Um, <laughs> uh, but now I'm also just imagining that, like, like Dumbledore doing that for the Great Hall. Like he brings this, pro- he brings Snape's projector <laughs> in, and he like he's like, okay, everybody, so just want you to see this. There is no way that that bullet could have come from the book depository. It had to have come from the grassy knoll <laughs> over here. Oh no! It's a conspiracy. Uh, Back and then, to the left. Oh my god! And then he shows the video, the YouTube video that Pottermore has that is the uh, remembering yes! Cedric Diggory video. Oh, I need to put that on the Twitter account. The fucking yeah. There's the the, the, <laughs> the official. <laughs> The official Pottermore account on YouTube has this video that's like remembering Sir Diggory, and it's like this three-frame repeating gif of candles <laughs> with text over it and like a fire crackling sound. It's so good. Like, oh god, this book is <laughs> awful. I mean, okay, it's not the there's this is so frustrating because there's like there's so much i like in this book but all of it is bulldozed by all the weird bullshit in here um this bizarre tone shift from the like maudlin funeral scene that includes a thing that where we we're reminded that harry has the hots for cho i'm surprised that we didn't get a like like uh you know harry was sad but he remembered that there was no cedric and he was like well (laughs) silver linings (laughs) why is that why is he looking at her it's so weird um uh and then this like scene on the train where hermione explains that she is a kidnapper uh uh and and the yeet malfoy yeah like all at the same time 
no one seems to care like 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 the the trolley i guess the trolley witch was busy selling some some uh some pumpkin pasties some cauldron cakes uh yeah she she did not bust out her spider man dr octopus arms and tell everyone to sit down and stop casting spells on each other no um i do in theory i like uh the part where harry is like hey you should take my winnings because like i know i know you wanted money you have a dream you should take this and, and do it um i lost my fucking mind when harry said the uh i feel like we're gonna need some laughs. we're gonna need some jokes <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> need forward. some we're that gonna is need this youtube word, prank channel fred and george that is word for fucking word like like november 10th 2016 everyone's waking up and going like well folks at least we've got the daily show we're gonna need some laughs from 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 the daily show and stephen colbert and bill maher i can't wait to stick it to drumpf like it's it's so like what the fuck at least punk rock is going to be great under trump Ooh, yeah rock against trump where's that I can't wait for Saturday Night Live now that Voldemort is back. They are they are really going to stick it to him, and we are going to need the laughs. Oh, this book has killed me. This book sucks. Ah! There's so much good stuff. There's so many good individual scenes here. This feels like, I mean, I don't know. Do you think this is like rotten to its core and like, no, like, cause I'm like, this feels like a, maybe a second draft that needed a third or a second rewrite rather. It's it, it, it would be unfair. Like, like, like being serious, it would be unfair of me to like, say that this book is completely rotten and like irredeemable because there is not only stuff that's like, I just think is like quite good. I there's stuff that resonates with me personally. That's like, I, this is some of my favorite Harry Potter stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like this, I, I love the second task. Um, there's all of the imagery in the early chapters, like basically everything up through them getting to Hogwarts. I love um, uh, the, the like world building, um, at the quidditch world cup and the like the um the transition from like how whimsical and goofy and silly the quidditch world cup is to the like the death eater march um like the, the that's the thing that makes this book so frustrating i think is it's not that it's like abjectly terrible completely to its core it's that it has some really good ideas that it keeps circling around and never like completely landing on it it ends up making it feel like it has no substance like i keep thinking about the triwizard tournament as as being the central i mean the 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 freaking book is named after it right yeah Um, yeah and it's it's almost feels inconsequential coming at the end of this book like i'm like what what did the triwizard tournament do for harry's character or Mm -hmm. do thematically for the book or Mm -hmm. like I, i and it's the answer is nothing (laughs) really like it it is it is quite literally only what it does for the plot right like it like mechanically a very Um, which is already like like a very tenuous plot that only exists to get a very simple thing to happen 
right it, like, it's not it's not like harry ever reckons with like his relationship with competition or how that relates to to voldemort coming back or like figuring out what is important in life or 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 how that relates to him entering adulthood like it really just feels like it it is tacked on yeah there's nothing there it ge- it gestures really elegantly at a lot of cool themes i think yes. that's like like you know we've talked about like the the recurring imagery of the woods we've talked about the like stuff like the magic gas that was like really cool in one scene and then like doesn't really do anything besides be an obstacle in that in that maze um the thing that flips your world upside down um mm-hmm. there's uh there's the uh existence of like i think maybe my favorite thing if i had to like choose is uh fake moody as a character in this in the early goings where it is such a great um uh parallel with like the relationship harry had with lupin right and like like here is a character who is like filling that role for harry but is definitely an adult he can't trust Mm-hmm. um yeah uh, there's there's so much stuff like that that i i i think is great but it just never it never gets to 100 percent with any of these ideas i think is is maybe what what is so frustrating about this is it, it hops around all of them and like gets all of them up to like maybe like i don't know 75 percent if i'm being generous like yeah like there, i mean there's even something the here table of, for them there there's something here with the triwizard tournament being futile and something and, and a hoop that harry has to jump through yeah. for the adults that and, and it's like inherent absurdity and meaninglessness it never gets there though right yeah. like it, like it's it's it is something that it like kind of gestures toward um the closest it becomes comes to um as like meaning something i guess is harry taking it too seriously in the second task right like yeah. it, it is it, it is something that doesn't matter and yet he is life and death about it yeah <sighs> or like like the parallels but or like the potential parallels because they're not i don't think they're ever actually drawn in the novel as it is but like you know we were talking about like like trying to dig out what the hell the actual politics of that conversation between fudge and uh uh dumbledore is and there's like this potential parallel of like you know the uh the uh the inherent like like meaninglessness and like clinging to an old tradition that doesn't really Mm, do mm -hmm. anything uh clinging to old traditions in like the triwizard tournament and then like clinging to old traditions in like the way the government is set up um like because you know the 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 government as we know it is racist in this universe like quite explicitly like it is it is structured in a very uh systemic racist way against like the quote-unquote beasts of this universe um slavery is another thing that pops up here it's just like an ancient institution that is like upheld for no real reason other than the fact that it's always been there right like like these ideas like so many cool interesting ideas for a fantasy novel are like place set here and then never get beyond that i, I think I, i'm having i i'm having returns to our chamber of secrets discussion as being the school that is built on structural racism and yes and is wrong yeah. to its core as a result but then that not really going yeah. anywhere or even that just doesn't end up being it right like yeah yeah uh, but the uh, potential and so like that's why i can't say 
like 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 just like black and white up and down like this book is bad because they're they're this is the book i would think i would i would give this book a lot of credit to like you know when i read it as a kid getting me interested in stories with subtext right like like this this is probably something that this is probably a book that made me think about books uh um more than i ever had you know i would i would have been like 11 10 when i read this and like this would probably be the first time i read something and like realized that like oh stories can like have things in them that aren't explicit right like Mm -hmm. like that was probably where the seed was planted um and yeah like i i I like so many of the ideas that are like gestured at here it just never does anything with them and it becomes all the more frustrating for that yeah yeah i I can't really say it better than that i I also think like from a just a story structure perspective it is a mess it, it is, is really yeah, yes. it is really tough yeah and that's like maybe less important but it is it is all it is it is all there it is like this this one's funny because like i remember going into but all three of the previous books knowing what the common like because there are definitely like like quote-unquote plot holes that just kind of become cultural memes or whatever and i just roll my eyes at them because they're never anything that actually matters right mm-hmm. like yeah um and so i was going into this book fully expecting all of the the jokes about uh goblet of fire to also be that because there there are so many like, like you know why why is it this whole convoluted plan why um why don't they just use the pensive why don't they just use veritaserum uh why Mm -hmm. you know blah 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 there's so many of them for this book and i was like okay i'm gonna go into this thing and the book's gonna be great probably and all that stuff is gonna be meaningless but actually i have to say nearly all of those common jokey criticisms about this book really hit home for this one for me yeah yeah i i think that's true um and i can kind of lay it at the feet of this tone shift that is going to be the rest of the books going forward yeah totally as soon as you if move away more. from that whimsy yeah oh that's the thing Dude, like now i am so fucking curious about order of the phoenix and and beyond because this is the stuff i remember the least moving forward um i know the order of the phoenix is one of the most contentious books among fans um and i'm wondering if it's like is it just going to be like this for the rest of the books or are they going to get better at balancing like the tone and the story i I doubt it but you never know i have no idea going into these books what i'm gonna think um or is it going to be something completely different like is it is there another shift coming that i don't remember that that's going to be even more baffling and or interesting or something well like hagrid says uh what's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does hey all right speaking of things that are things that are coming we should probably nice. take a break oh god damn it <laughs> let's take a break and let's 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 uh come back and talk briefly about what pottermore's uh thoughts on this book are what do you say sounds good to me <laughs>
and welcome back. Uh, are you ready to go back to eighth grade English class? Ooh, that's a mm, ah, <laughs> ooh, mm, sure tough one, huh? Yeah, why not? Uh, if you can think back to eighth grade and ninth grade and tenth grade and probably eleventh and twelfth grade, um, all we talked about in English class was was uh, themes. That's right. I love a good theme. Uh, you know, we, we've probably talked quite a bit about the themes of Goblet of Fire as we've kind of gone through this book. Um, I, I'd say that's pretty fair. So um, it, now it's uh, a tradition in season four, our season four wrap up of Goblet of Fire. I thought we'd check out uh, what the Wizarding World Book Club thinks the themes of Goblet of Fire are. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I, I think that I'm going to introduce you to each theme, and then maybe we can talk about what we think it's talking about. Okay, yes. Uh, theme number one, technology. Uh, Mr. Mr. Weasley asks the Dursleys what a plug is. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess, like, <laughs> the two things that I would guess would probably be that, right, Mr. Weasley, and... I get and like maybe the Rita Skeeter stuff as in like the, the oh, muggle the, bugging coming up bugging over and over pun? again. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just like a clue for us. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't say that that's what one of the, one of the reasons they included this in here is, but I just thought I would throw that. I'm trying to throw him a bone here. Oh yeah. Um, not, not the bone that is Barty Crouch senior. Um, <laughs> About the theme, the Weasleys struggle with the postal service and electric fireplaces, but when you can use magic to travel anywhere and fix anything, there's not much call for technology in the wizarding world. Perhaps this is why Mr. Weasley finds it so fascinating. Finds this... Let me start over. Perhaps this is why Mr. Weasley is so fascinated with the Muggles' ingenious inventions. That... Yeah. Sure. That is definitely a thing that happens in one chapter of this story. Um, one of the questions that was posed on the Wizarding World Book Club Twitter is why is Mr. Weasley so interested in muggle technology? Um, to which this person responded, because unlike Lucius, Arthur is kind. His curiosity enables him to look at the world with an innocent and beautiful perspective. <laughs> okay, who mentioned Lucius? Nobody. No, just, just unlike Lucius, just a just a, a weird uh, uh, outside dunk on Lucius here for some reason. It feels like maybe it was one hundred years since I remembered the beginning of this book. Does Arthur Weasley have like a conflict with Lucius Malfoy in the beginning of this one? I thought I remember their conflict at the beginning at the, of Chamber of Secrets. I guess at the Quidditch World Cup, they at, yeah they meet at the cup and they're like, ooh, mm, I don't like you. Ooh, they ah. give each other the the old hairy eyeball. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know if if Lucius ever says like Muggles invented computers, and that's stupid because I don't need to use a computer, right? Like, and like I don't the, know if that happens. The way this frames this is so weird to me, um, because it it almost like wants to assume that magic isn't like a replacement for technology because it says right. like I. But presumably, like, we know that wizards are inventing s new spells. It really is just like a stand-in for technology, considering wands are just guns. 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, that that could be like the way you phrase it there almost could be the theme uh, or like a theme in a different story. Right. Like like comparing like, you know, magic and technology are like functionally different, but they are uh, performing the same thing, which which is uh, making life more convenient for the user. Right. Like like, yeah, that's a there you go. There's a there's a story. Um, but that doesn't really come up. Um, with, it's just funny when, when Arthur Weasley says, what does the rubber duck do? What's a car yeah. for? Um, I, I do want to read this other question. It was posed on Twitter, mostly for one of the answers, which is, are Fred and George's experiments dangerous? Um, <laughs> I, uh, like, yes, yes. And no, because they are never shown to have like any real consequences. Right. They, they are not um, dangerous because the story dictates that, that yeah they never... i just i just want to read megan's response which comes with a gif of fred and george uh by okay. the way be, hell yes um it says of course they are that's what makes them fun smiley face oh no 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 that's that's a little scary i don't like that megan megan no uh so the next theme makes a little bit more sense to me uh, and it's a theme that I feel like could have been explored in the book more, and they kind of dropped the ball on. But that's that's kind of kind of goblet of fire in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second theme is international magic. Oh yeah, I would have loved to have seen more of that stuff. This particularly kind of focuses on the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, the Quidditch World Cup is Harry's and our first real experience of international magic, uniting wizards and witches from around the world. There's a lot to consider. We learn the mayhem it causes the ministry of magic to organize and that hogwarts isn't the only school for magic yeah yeah i i i i love all that stuff they the quidditch world cup and like the 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 campsite stuff is some of my favorite stuff in this book uh when he's going around and seeing all the different wizard cultures interacting i thought that stuff was great if only the book had continued that considering it is about multiple countries coming together to do a sports. I just want to read one question from the Twitter because the other ones are pretty, pretty boring. But the question is, what is your first impression of the Death Eaters? And I'm just going to read. I'm just going to. Okay. Number one, their name is the Death Eaters. Number two, death is in the name. Three, uh, Eaters is in there and they uh, (laughs) they eat death. Number four, Logo is a skull. Number five, have a have a skull mask. Uh, number six, uh, torture muggles for fun. Number seven, uh, named Death Eaters. I think these guys are sickos. <laughs> um, I have to read the two. Res- I have to do- read the yeah. two uh, featured responses. Uh, Richard says, "How am I going to get through this?" Richard says, "Curiosity." So far, we haven't been confronted by an organized group who spread fear. It puts the terror of Voldemort's regime into an even more sinister perspective. (laughs) Ooh, curiouser and curiouser. I wonder what the Death Eaters are up to. Uh, And the second featured response, it definitely changes the tone. Till then, the books were happy-go-lucky with a few tight spots, but now they were torturing things oh. get dark oh no <laughs> i mean okay yeah yeah that's fair honestly it is it is definitely a tone shift i just also that just seems like a weird like like harry Mer- harry kills a man in book one 
it's already pretty dark honestly like like if that's your if that's your measuring stick yeah um i'll go on to our our third theme because it is uh the third theme is safety i'm Uh, uh, mm, okay i'm willing to listen About the theme, the wizarding world has something of a lackadaisical approach to safety, which suits Harry, who isn't averse to risk. But even with a new age restriction, the Triwizard Tournament is a real test of nerve, fraught with danger for the students who compete. Okay. Sort of? Honestly, okay. This this is, um, kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about with, like, the missed opportunity of, like, the, the, uh, examination of the tournament as, like, a relic and, like, a, like, a like an old pointless tradition thing. Um, but I could see it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's a theme. Actually. Okay. Cause there's the dragons. Um, there's the, there's the, the, the whole thing with Harry taking it too seriously and thinking that the, they're going to let the students drown. I'm, I'm, you know what, Pottermore, I'm going to say this one. That's a theme. That's a wow, theme. Wow. Hooray. That's a theme. Yay. They did it. They got one. Um, That's a thing. I feel, uh, unfortunately, uh, at least in my opinion, and you can kind of disagree. I feel like with their Twitter moment questions, they maybe like I can see why they grouped all of these into safety, but I think that all of these questions would fit better in different themes of the book. Safety um, is very fucking broad when you think about it's it. It's very broad. Um, this first one is: Do you agree with Moody's approach to teaching? I don't know, because we haven't seen Moody do any teaching. We saw one Moody do teaching. No, two, because we saw we saw him uh, show the unforgivable curses, and we saw him imperio the students. That was a Moody! That was Crouch! This, oh. is, a, this is a pointless question. We've not seen uh, Moody's... Moody. Uh, do do yeah, I agree with the wizard Hitler uh, secret secret torture lessons? No, I don't think I do. Um, Someone said... Uh, not really, except the part where he turns Malfoy into a ferret, uh, crying, laughing emoji. <laughs> Great. To which, to which the Wizarding World Book Club official account responded, now that part was funny. We definitely agree with that, period. And you know, with Voldemort back, you know we can use some laughs. <laughs> um, the other one they put in here was, uh, should the Triwizard Tournament have an age restriction? Uh, which I guess is... Uh, I would say like that the fits. most in line with yeah. their safety theme. Um, that's fine. Uh, the third one is, uh, was Harry right to have told Sirius his scar hurt? And I feel like that fits into several other themes in this book. It, none of it, which are safety. Yeah. That seems like uh, uh, trust or I don't know. Like, like name, pick anything, right? Like, like that's, that is a character moment between uh, uh, Harry and Sirius. That is, uh, Harry per- maybe misplacing his trust in an authority figure, which happens a lot in this book. Uh, um, so yeah, like definitely something worth talking about. I don't know if that's safety. I guess. Yeah. I guess it would be unsafe if a if a letter got intercepted. Like yeah. Like, it just uh, seems a little loose to me. I, yeah. I I think my my problem with this one isn't really their theme as much as I feel like they're missing some important themes. Um, yeah. I'll go on to the next one, uh, which is, I think, probably their better one. Yeah. Um, it's jealousy. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 100%. This one fits. Uh, for Ron, used to living in the shadow of his elder brothers and his best friend, Harry's selection as Hogwarts champion is a bitter pill to swallow, and for the first time, he doesn't try to hide it. With Hermione caught in the middle, it's a tumultuous time for our trio, and jealousy is one monster Harry didn't expect to face. Ooh. I hated this subplot. It was bad, but it is a theme. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree that this stuff sucked. Uh, so does the Ron and Crumb stuff. Well, there's some stuff with the Ron and Ron and Crumb stuff that I thought was kind of funny. But for the most part, all of the jealousy stuff is uh, just kind of like pops up whenever the plot's not moving. So it's like you're either getting the plot, which is a mess, or you're getting all of your favorite characters being shitty at each other. And it's like no, no reprieve. So it's not much fun to read. Uh, my favorite question here is at this point in the story, whose side is Hermione on? Uh, which I think is a kind of boring question, but I do like it for this answer, which is Hermione is on the side of truth. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Hermione on the side of logic once again. Hermione speaks truth to power. Hermione, Hermione is a truth teller. What do you think of theme number five, which is tradition? Uh, I think that would have been a great theme for the book to fully commit to talking about. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, we got Triwizard Tournament. We got slavery. We got, uh, we got old, ye olde magic. We've got. This one is coming out of the gate really strong with this question. Why does house self treatment particularly bother Hermione? Oh, come on. You're not serious. Is that really how they wrote it? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Also, like uh, the way these are written is like there's a picture with the question. um, Oh, fuck yeah. And they and they tweet the picture. um, But it also they oftentimes like write something in the actual tweet. uh, And this one is, does it take a muggle born to campaign for change in the wizarding world? Why does how self-treatment particularly bother Hermione? Which I feel like implies maybe three different things, and I don't (laughs) know whether it means to you. I don't like any of the things it's implying. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, yes, that is a tradition in the story that definitely could have used some more examination. That is just such a weird, loaded way to ask that question. Why does it bother her? How come you how come you care about slavery? Why are you so particularly bothered by slavery, Hermione? There's one answer here that is featured from Josh, and it's so like weird, like I'll just read it. She must feel that all beings, no matter what status they have been given by wizard kind, deserve the opportunity to equality and fairness. This must have been particularly influenced by the way Lupin was treated, being a werewolf, so she took a stand. Hermione had no relationship with Lupin. Zero. Absolutely none. Also, she was she was the one who was most ready to call him out. Like, she just kept it bottled up because she didn't want to, like, upset Harry, right? Like, like, or Dumbledore. Like, like, she knew for a long time and didn't like it. Uh... I just, this is just such a weird, it's like, like, whoa, why is Hermione a good person? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> how, how about why is Ron pro-slavery? I kind yeah, of would rather yeah, explore yeah, can that we took one. it from that angle? Why is, why is Ron so <laughs> fucking weird? Why does he like slaves, slavery so much? Why doesn't he give a shit at all? Considering he was the one who was most woke in, in Chamber of Secrets, like, it was his job to, like, deliver the, the, like, 
the the info on like why slurs are bad and like why why wizard racism is bad but slavery he's cool with that yeah yeah that's fine um this question i do want to bring up i'm not super interested in it but it is under the header of um tradition and i don't quite understand why and the question is is professor grubbly plank the better teacher is it because she (laughs) is a like a traditional teacher i don't really get this question it, I, I, it's got to be that right like ah she is the more tradition she has the more traditional lesson plan that doesn't involve scroots or whatever but also i feel like because is it her that brings the unicorns yeah yeah that that also is portrayed as like fairly outlandish so i don't know if that really fits into tradition like like they they grubbly plank seems like a special treat uh not a not like a traditional normal lesson so i don't know yeah, that one seems like a stretch to me. Uh, yeah, when I first read it, I kind of went a little bit galaxy brain and thought it was like uh, a very meta question as as Hagrid is tradition to us having read it. Like it's what like uh, so I, oh. I, I, I do not I do not I do not think that that is what it was saying. Um, right. I think that I'm trying to mine anything from these <laughs> terrible terrible yeah, questions i could see that though like like to us it is it is a break from tradition that we have this other character doing. yeah i could see that i just, i doubt that's what they meant here are you ready to explore the theme moral fiber fuck yes my favorite one I this is the one this is moral this. fiber why does why does ron like slavery <laughs> harry takes the merpeople's song a little too seriously during the second task but is rewarded nonetheless while it perplexes his peers we can forgive harry's natural nobility given his history that he is rewarded for moral fiber shows most shows most of the judges can too this really bothers me because this I, I don't have a problem with different readings of something but no. I, I am just like this is not was not my takeaway from this chapter kind of yeah I, I i i think it's a great little bottle story but i i feel like the uh upshot of it is that like harry just wasn't thinking about this clearly right like i don't know if this is i don't know if this is like stalwart moral fiber uh from him uh especially because there's like that line from ron right like like the, oh you weren't being you weren't being thick at all i guess you were showing moral fiber or whatever which is really funny it just seems like he 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 like bumbles his way into this, right? Yeah. Uh, the first question is perplexing to me because it is: is it fair that Harry receives extra points for the second task? Uh, no, because Bar- uh, uh, Bagman was cheating. I will read some answers. Okie dokie. Here's this one from Natasha. Yes, the point of the tournament is international cooperation. He built relationships by ensuring everyone's safety. The, the safety was already insured. The, come on. This person says they genuinely thought they were going to lose them, which is part of the task. So he acting like that shows he cared more about friends and strangers than winning. That's commendable. I mean, yeah, kind of. It, it really just comes down to him being a little bit thick, though. Like, the reason he gets the moral fiber points is because bagman like spins it right like yeah like bagman bagman spins his mistake into a more noble sounding thing uh harry's just being a little silly uh like 
like and, and and i don't mean that to be like completely belittling of his point of view like obviously it is a like uh traumatic like like thing you know he's 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 operating on like an what, like an hour of sleep or whatever uh he he's rushed to this this tournament and he's like like not thinking straight but like like the the mer the mer people are like clearly trying to like get him to go right like they're they're like they're they're in on this everyone's in on this like obviously the 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 um students were in on this like like harry made a mistake being sort of dumb because he has a has a savior complex and then bagman bailed him out right like like that's the that's the read i have at least i wish harry had had failed more in this book like i i really wish it had gone more in on him being ill-equipped ill-prepared not good at the task and other people were helping him through obviously they were but he got so many of these like triumphant moments instead of like this like hopeless unprepared feeling and then having uh, like absurd things happen that push him through yeah it would have it would have been interesting i guess if it was more about him failing upwards right like yeah like like if bagman was there like like pulling the strings and like getting extra points but like everyone like the thing is like 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 he gets these points and everyone's stoked about it i could imagine it working a little better maybe if like bagman you know he's still getting those points he's still doing well on the tournament but everyone is just like like what the dude like what are you doing in this tournament like like how are you you coasting through this because that that is that is a theme in this book too is like everyone kind of like like the 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 patina of of the like harry potter mythos sort of wearing thin and everyone kind of getting sick of him being like like the you know the the cool guy who gets to do everything and 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 you know the famous the famous teen or whatever like like that starting to wear off and i feel like that could have worked pretty well hand in hand with that yeah (sighs) this is gonna be a fun one you know the theme i want i this isn't theme this is the next question and i can't skip it i will remind you of our theme which is moral fiber um the twitter question for this the actual tweet is is sending your own son to azkaban morally sound question mark and the actual question is was crouch right to turn into his own son (sighs) what a question uh this is where we take our 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 big stance on wizard prison reform uh, which is azkaban is bad uh was he was he morally right to send his son to torture prison yeah (laughs) oh god uh yeah sure no no i don't think i don't think that's a toughie Uh, i think the torture prison is bad they suck your soul out there's ghosts there that suck your damn soul out without a about any any uh any you know what's a weird thing hmm. i think it's weird that harry potter which is a story where souls are in a real thing right a, a quantifiable yeah. thing that you have that is yeah. your spirit mm-hmm. that gets sucked out of your body that that is described as worth worse than death it just seems like death to me i don't really I, i'm not <laughs> yeah I'm not yeah the quite, soul is gone either way I'm, right i'm not quite clear on what the distinction there is because it's like it's supposed to be this like big scary thing that's way worse than actually dying 
how is it different if the soul is like is you right and is a mm-hmm. a physical or i guess metaphysical thing that certainly exists i it doesn't make sense i i will not, i will not dwell on this uh, because instead i will bring us to our our th- uh, theme that I know that you've been looking forward to the most, which is wand lore. Wand lore, that classic theme we all learned in school. People are people. Harry Potter fans are crazy for wand lore. People love wand lore. Uh, what does wand lore mean to you? Um, it's absolutely nothing. Wow, <laughs> just just nothing at all. <laughs> all Fucking right, well, well I guess I'll. I'll help you yeah. out then. I'll read this about the theme. We know the wand chooses the wizard and that it was very curious that Harry's chose him. But the connection between Harry and Voldemort's wand goes right to the edge of what is known about wand lore. Used against each other, yet both containing a feather from the same phoenix, that mysterious connection saves Harry's life. Does that clear things up? That's one hell of a theme. That's a theme that pops up everywhere in storytelling for sure. <laughs> Where can, can we, I read uh, we, more books about wand lore? I need, yeah, I need some, yeah, what else has wand lore in it? Uh, C.S. Lewis doesn't have any wands in his books. Tolkien doesn't really have wands. He has staffs. <laughs> I need some, I need, I need magical object lore. Um, <laughs> uh, this is something I, I forgot to bring up in our chapter discussion. Yeah. That part where, uh, where fucking dumbledore and harry are talking about um about the wand the wand goop thing uh and harry's like how did you know that my wand had fox's feather in it and he says uh olivander sent me a letter right after you bought it Fuck. like thanks okay cool <laughs> i'm glad everything is connected conveniently in this really bizarre meaningless way ah uh, that's what i love that's what i love two, two characters had a conversation uh that was fairly important uh, somewhere else and it only came up right now when it was most important i i am still baffled um because here i am uh looking at the theme which is wand lore and then i scroll down expecting a question about wand lore presumably right mm-hmm. but no the question is why does cedric and harry want to share the triwizard prize what what why is that wand lore? That's not it's wand not. lore. Uh, and the, and the, the tweet goes on. Uh, it's a decision that will become one of Harry's biggest regrets. But what does it say about the two Hogwarts champions? Nothing about their fucking wands. That's for damn sure. I'm, I feel like I've been misled. Yeah, like what scroll, the fuck? I was looking for wand lore. I wanted some wand lore, Pottermore. Come on. Pottermore, where's my Potter lore? Uh, this person says they have the same noble streak. Unfortunately, it became their downfall. They didn't know what was coming for them, but the idea of sharing the victory was admirable. Only a true Gryffindor and a true Hufflepuff can think of playing such a fair game. I don't care about this question. Uh, I want to hear wand lore. Um, <laughs> this one is closer to wand lore. Um, why do you think Voldemort wants to duel Harry? He says why yeah he's he's, he says it very explicitly i'm gonna kill i'm gonna kill you i couldn't (laughs) before but i'm gonna do it now i'm gonna get you that is something that i find so funny in this book too is they really don't dwell too long on the fact that voldemort returned and his big power play was to fail at killing a 14 year old (laughs) somebody has provided a numbered list so let's see if it hits on any of that uh one he is proud two 
wants to be proved the mighty and most powerful again. Hell yeah. Three, still regrets that he lost to baby Harry. Four, he wants revenge. Five, it just keeps going. Five, he doesn't want anyone to stand equal to him. Six, proving he's back with more power. These These are all pride. You answered it with the first one. Seven, proving Harry has no power to stand him. Or eight, or he's stupid. I can't believe they went to eight because we know that seven is the magic number. Like, but but all of those are pride. Every single one of those is pride. The last question in wand lore is: Is Harry more lucky than he is skilled in magic? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, he is the protagonist. This is such a weird answer. I don't think he's necessarily such a good wizard. He's just a clever, inventive boy. <laughs> Oh, what a clever little boy you are, Harry Potter. <laughs> so that's so it for Gondolor. I don't think any of those questions, like they couldn't even think of a question for their own theme. That is incredible. I wanted so badly some questions about dumb wand minutia. There's that's yeah. What a missed opportunity. I was hoping for like like. Do you think Voldemort's wand is swishy or or straight? Do you think? <laughs> It has a... comes up so much in the fandom and nobody like i feel like it gets name dropped a lot but no one will say what they're talking about yeah like w- there's that quiz you can take on on pottermore we we talked in a very early episode we we revealed our wands uh and it like it has all that stuff in there about like oh uh uh unicorn hairs are bad at doing dark magic uh phoenix cores are uh are unpredictable or whatever a swishy wand means the user is more like like untrustworthy or something right like it's it's very uh it's like it's all very plainly laid out in a very weird way that never actually comes up or matters in the story yeah it's it when it does come up, it is never, it's always new information, right? That like, it matters in that moment and will never yes. come up again. Yeah, like Priori, Priori and Contatum fucking was made up on the spot for that scene. Uh, and like, that's not really lore. Like, that's just the thing that you did for your story. I take issue with our last theme here. Um, and our last theme is immortality. I That's understand. Good... Yeah. I understand the I I think that that is true. I think it is much I guess my issue with it is that I feel like it is much more a theme of the first book whereas yes. Voldemort's goals in this is less that and more like I got to get my body back. Yeah, agree. okay. So so I I agree when when I hear immortality, that to me is like a theme of the entire series, right? And it kind of doesn't pop up that much in this book specifically. Yeah, it almost seems like a break from that theme in that it's like Voldemort certainly has that as his ultimate goal, but his yeah. short he's he is accomplishing a short-term goal in this book, right? His, yeah, his short-term goal is mortality. Like He's just, like, just I, normal. I, a, I want. Normal. I need to stop being a stupid spirit. I'm going to be a spirit forever. I need a body. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's got immortality on the brain for the future for sure. But the right now he's got his 
He's got his money on his mind, his mind on his money. So actually, I will say that I almost am more into this idea of the theme being mortality, specifically because Cedric also dies in this Um, uh, It says about the theme, what Voldemort reveals to his Death Eaters in the graveyard after the Triwizard Tournament shows his desire for immortality. Yeah, because he says it. Um, While Cedric's death is a sudden reminder of mortality, but Harry's support from his friends and Dumbledore's attempts to unify the wizarding world remind us of Voldemort's lack of appreciation for the things that actually make life worth living it's too bad cedric didn't have enough cool famous friends right um this page is the one it uh, has the remembering cedric diggory video embedded yes into it. Uh, i'm gonna post that on, the, on on twitter once we it's, once this episode's up it's too good people might not be ready for it they might shed a few tears it's very emotional yeah it's uh yeah so yeah i, I guess i guess don't watch it if you don't want to cry uh because it does have at least three frames of animation in that it sure uh, that it candle, sure does um, candle gif yeah i would like to talk about briefly by the way can we talk about the immortality article that that theme links uh i we (laughs) i really want to uh discuss what the pottermore website itself has to say about immortality uh do you have that handy or shall i pull that up let me scroll up because it's right here on this page don't worry i i don't know where to start with this uh did you know voldemort isn't the first character fictional or otherwise to lust after immortality no really we we only need to look at the long established legend of the philosopher's stone and its elixir of life to confirm this so where did the concept of eternal life come from and how has it become so entrenched in our culture here's our handy guide this is a very long article yeah Um, it's it's it is this is 100 this is the a lot of pottermore articles have the energy of like well i've got to write a thousand words by tomorrow right but this one is just the most this this radiates that uh, so strongly it is a book report on immortality the mesopotamian poem the epic of gilgamesh is considered by many to be the earliest surviving work of literature and at over four thousand years old it dwells on its hero's quest to become physically immortal meanwhile around 200 bc the first emperor of china china was so obsessed with achieving immortality that he probably killed himself by eating mercury which was thought to have life lengthening properties oh the irony thank you pottermore uh, it also has a header that is immortality achievable. And the first line is, so is it actually possible to live forever? It depends. Ah! <laughs> what does some- that mean? They, they know something. It also brings no. up a, je- it also brings up a jellyfish uh, that apparently doesn't have like a natural lifespan. It will just live forever. Um, which like, I, I'm, I think that there are a few, animals that kind of are that way i know lobsters are but they will die because their shells won't grow anymore it's just it it is it's a very funny book report of just like random like here's immortality and other things which honestly is very strange to see on pottermore like referencing other you're seeing pottermore reference like old yeah like ye olde literature is very funny to me but yes, the 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 go go read the article. It also benefits from having like the best header headline combo on the website, which is uh, Pottermore's Guide to Immortality, and then it just is Cedric Diggory dead on the ground. It's really good. <laughs> uh, our 
first question in the theme of immortality is why does Fudge refuse to believe that Voldemort has returned? Well, uh, mm, mm? Hello? Did you get that question uh, in the in the wrong theme, Pottermore? What? What does that have to do with that? What is Pottermore? Pottermore? Potterless. I, I am very interested in what other people have to think, have to say about this chapter. Just because yeah. it is so baffling to me. It is a truly baffling chapter, yes. This person says, Fudge is a man more concerned with pride and public opinion than doing what is right. He wants to stay in power, not stand up to Voldemort. Okay. Uh, this other person says, Fudge has built himself a little nest of corruption. Admittedly, with the influence of wizards like Malfoy, he flatters himself, but internally knows it can all be quickly usurped by someone more competent. A new war brings his two fears, Voldemort and losing his position. <sighs> I mean, y- yeah, kinda. But like, what does that have to do with immortality? Like, Fudge, Fudge doesn't want immortality. Fudge just wants to have a have a bad have a have a like fun desk job where he he does does nothing and gets all the all the rewards right like that's not immortality i think that this uh because i think it is uh that they are close to something here which is from dumbledore's epic speech oh which is which is when remembered yeah and it's like yeah he won't be because he's gonna take the coward's way out um and i guess like i can see that that's like yeah metaphorical immortality sure okay i I don't i don't think the question really gestures toward that but i'm gonna give it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt um this this next question kind of throws a little bit of a wrench into my mentioning the uh death eater or not death eater the dementor's kiss which is did marty crouch jr deserve his fate um which I guess, like, so that's something I hadn't considered is that immortality in this universe, like, the text is telling us that it is bad, right? And the <laughs> Dementor's Kiss keeps you alive, but you have no soul. So I guess that's, like, kind of supposed to be, like, oh, it's like Voldemort. It's like you can't. I, I don't think it works. Um, I don't really yeah, know how. I, we don't We don't know enough about what it is like in this universe to live without a soul right like are you self-aware or can you and you like just can't like express yourself so. no, I like i think so i thought you were just a shell i thought that's how it just like you're just a body that lives yeah. but nothing else like, like, yeah because that is just basically death but that's yeah that's very confusing if it was a thing where it was like oh like you are still self-aware forever but you are trapped in there and like can't ex- like express anything that would be scary right like 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 permanent anesthesia awareness or something right like like that definitely sounds horrible but it just kind of sounds like you die uh when when you get harry harry potter has broken people's brains i'm (laughs) like like this this question did barty crouch deserve his fate uh is there a worse way to go than the dementors kiss kiss discuss no nobody deserves such a fate maybe a prison that's not swarmed into mentors he was misguided and starved of the attention that he needed and deserved almost like harry he killed like 10 people He's a torture guy. He's very evil. He's a very evil guy. And and again, I am pro-wizard prison reform. Uh, We we are here to abolish wizard prison, for sure. 
But I don't know if you can say that uh, the only problem with Barty Crouch is that he just needed a little bit more attention. That's such that's such the Harry Potter thing, though. It's like the only reason people are bad or the only reason people have hate in their hearts is because they like their mom didn't love them. <laughs> right. The, it's uh, just thinking back to our confessions episode recently with the like, if Tom Riddle hadn't been a psychopath, hadn't killed people, hadn't manipulated Ginny, hadn't uh, uh, become Voldemort, he would been pretty good it's like well yeah if he didn't do all these horrible things he would be pretty good probably i have a final question for us lay it on me i don't really know again i don't really know how this has what this has to do with immortality unless this is like a meta question is your view of the wizarding world different after reading goblet of fire Ooh, i i would say it is but not in the way that pottermore hopes right what Uh, way do you think they hope here i i can't i can't figure it out like it's oh it's deeper it's it's darker it's more convoluted it's more adult uh it's it's more gray it's more morally gray it's mm. that old chestnut right like like that's what i think they're getting at here and i think that the book almost gets there but honestly it just leaves me more confused about the state of the world right like like how does the wizarding world work things seem way more confusing now that it's more serious yeah i mean i guess that like uh, this featured response is what you were saying they were expecting which is it's more complex beautiful and darker than it appeared at the start it's a Mm -hmm. real world filled with problems but also incredible things and people Woo! i love incredible things and people yeah yeah i i i think that's definitely the goal uh of this book I guess this kind of neatly transitions us into this like little ending wrap up here. Like what are your like overall just like what are you, what are you feeling about this book in the rear view now? Disappointed. Like, I really yeah. thought Goblet of Fire was going to be the last good one and I thought that it was maybe going to be my favorite. I thought that my that the Prisoner of Azkaban being my favorite was was maybe not going to hold up this time. And if I had to like guess, I was going to be like Goblet of Fire was probably the last good one instead of what it feels like to me, which is a uh, like bridge into Harry Potter as I like it the least. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. I, I, yes, it is. It is much more of a, uh, uh, transitory novel than i remembered it being um like it it really is just a solid bridge between the the old books and the new ones uh in terms of tone and i yeah i was expecting i i had always operated under the um the like memory that the end of the book was where all that stuff came in like basically like once cedric dies that's like the the end of innocence or whatever Mm-hmm. But it's all over the place here. Uh, and and like, I'm not against that. That's the and I think that's what frustrates me is I am super duper not against stories um, changing tone and like like shifting their their scope and, you know, becoming darker or becoming, uh, you know, a, you know, about something else. Like a lot of my favorite stuff does do that, but it needs to execute. Right. Like uh, it doesn't. It, it, it just feels sloppy and like kind of non-committal too. Like the mm-hmm. like the the stuff at the end of this book with the like the Rita comedy stuff and the Fred and George goofs 
just feels so out of place with this book that has just been trying to make me very sad and scared about um Voldemort being back right and I'm not saying that like couldn't have put some you know injected some lightness there but like the way that it presents itself it's just like exactly the same as it would have been in a book where Voldemort was not back right um and it doesn't carry that weight uh I guess this book is way too up its own ass at the end like Voldemort's or I keep saying Voldemort instead of Dumbledore Dumbledore's speech at the end is just so fucking what like a, a, a parting of the ways like what the fuck was that phrase just stuck in her head for a while like where did that come from Dumbledore's the guy who says nitwit blubber ointment tweak weehaw like at the beginning of a school year he's not he's he's not the one he's ah i see we have reached a parting of the ways my friend like like what the fuck where where did this dumbledore come from i'm so you know she talks so much about how dumbledore is her favorite character the most interesting one to write obviously is exploring dumbledore's character more in fantastic beasts which i have to say like between the dumbledore we get in books one two and three and now our new New Dumbledore in books book four forward and then also Jude Law Dumbledore I am so confused what she thinks this character is <laughs> yeah 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 no kidding uh I yeah I, I I don't know who Dumbledore is I don't know who Dumbledore is and that's a weird thing to say because he was like the anchor right like like he was the he, he was like the everything's gonna be okay character and not saying it's bad to pull the rug out on on that concept but like if you're gonna do that i would like to see it done in a way that's more interesting than suddenly making him like cool secret agent man right like where the fuck does that come from i i couldn't believe how passive harry was in this book again i didn't enjoy his character at almost any moment except for a glimpse of it during the second (laughs) task um hermione didn't need to be in the book Uh, Ron was frustrating the whole time. Um, Moreover, any amount of like suffering that you go through in their character conflict has no resolution and it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel satisfying. Um, The Rita Skeeter stuff is really bad for the most part. The spew stuff is such a weird, no resolution subplot that is i'm still baffled by like i i really thought the spew stuff was going to keep coming up we were going to have to talk about it every week yeah and on one hand i'm glad we didn't have to on the other i don't know why it was just dropped like just it's just gone um uh yeah this this book was a mess and and pretty disappointing I, i i feel like there are a lot of choices that were made that were bad yeah yeah i and and i i truly believe after reading this um and just like see because i think i think for the most part um you know there's definitely stuff we complained about in the previous books um that don't quite line up or feel a little bit convenient but i think you could never accuse books one through three of being um uh loosely plotted right like chamber of secrets mm-hmm. maybe but like but like uh, uh those are tight narratives where everything every clue is in service of an important thing that comes up later everything has a setup and a payoff um like it is fairly airtight in that department right like the third book especially like the third book is the pinnacle of that like 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were gushing every week about how like, oh, there are all these little perfect clues early on that like we we know are going to pay off later. And it's really rewarding to read this. Right. Like like that was and and I really feel and I, and I would love to I unfortunately, I, I just don't think there's like any material out there um, about these books in this capacity. But like, I would love to know what the editing process for this book was, what the writing process for this book was, what relationship uh, she had with a publisher like working on this book because it just seems like something changed between books three and four that um suddenly allowed these stories to get way less airtight uh narratively um and and like like i mean that that, that like top to bottom like the mystery in this book uh appears and disappears at random uh and is not like it it is a spinning plate that is dropped fairly often in this book uh Mm -hmm. characters go on absurdly long monologues that have maybe like 25 percent of the content uh that's like worthwhile buried at the beginning and end um there's weird stuff with the way the story's arranged like we talked about how uh the the Barty Crouch senior mystery is really cool on paper, but we get the reveal before we get the mystery. And so it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's like just things like that that just feel like this book didn't get the attention it needed uh, in, in like cutting, editing. Uh, uh, it feels like whatever guiding hand was helping throughout uh, the first three books and like you know who knows whether that was a, a particular editor that left uh whether it was a change in jk's writing habits who knows you know artists change like like that's a, that's a thing that happens um but like something took this book in a in a in a direction that is just like really noticeably uh less polished than the last three it it, it hits a kind of level of joylessness that at times make me wonder if she wanted to write it. Like it, it, these books are such a huge hit and there were just parts where I'm like, is she excited about these ideas? Because I, I feel like we keep hitting these scenes where, are, that are really strong and, and feel like pretty fully realized. And, and a lot of the rest of it almost feels to me like a writer that just has to write something yeah and is not excited by the ideas anymore yeah yeah i could definitely see that i i'm gonna do some research i i know i know way back when we started this book i did a little poking around for like reviews Mm -hmm. and stuff but i would i need to see if there's like any interviews any like making of process stuff about this book that i've just missed that's kind of like lost to time because it's just so noticeable i and i think i think you're uh dead on the money uh here with this this like joylessness aspect like like it really lacks the um the joie de vivre that the <laughs> that the other books have right like it, it yeah it's noticeable um and it feels and kind of mean the book feels mean to me and there were yeah. definitely some moments of that in the other books but pretty much start to... I mean, that was one of our first complaints at the beginning of, of this book was just how mean it was. And it yeah. just kind of it just kind of keeps at that, like, low-level 
mean throughout. And like not and- in service of anything. No, like, I, I I like mean books. I really do. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that would that's like a a huge personal taste thing for me. Is I, I do kind of like. Um, I I guess I I draw a line between mean characters doing bad things and a book that feels mean spirited. Exactly. Author did. author voice versus like narrative voice, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I love I love a good cynical character. I love I, I love characters that are, you know, mean or broken or or, you know, need need to learn to to, you know, shut the fuck up or, you know, like like I, I like that a lot. Um, um, and so it's not a criticism. I'm not like offended by, uh, you know, characters being rude in Harry Potter, but it, it, there, there is an innate meanness to like the treatment i mean going back to the original books like like the treatment of animals is very weird in this <laughs> book in this series mm-hmm. um but there's stuff like you know the treatment of dudley who granted dudley sucks but like it crosses a line into very uncomfortable uh, uh the way dudley is objectified is just like oh he's fat and therefore like deserves to be you know physically tortured um, yeah, and I and I kind of gave like, that stuff a little bit of the a benefit of the doubt. It, it, I mean, I, I I think it is very bad. It felt as if it neglected a setup, or rather, assumed one that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to take that back, just in light of the mean spiritedness of the rest of this book as a, yeah. as a whole, instead of just kind of getting off to a rocky start where we have to kind of assume we don't like the Dursleys, assume we don't like Deadly. Um yeah. whereas that it didn't really earn that. But I but I don't even know if that's true anymore. And and like I feel like I would be remiss to like not mention again like like the the meanness of this of the spew stuff. Like the, oh, just yeah. the inherent the inherent joke of like like haha what if they loved being slaves? Isn't that funny? Uh, the 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 cruelty of the introduction of Rita Skeeter and focusing on how manly she looks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still 100 percent in the in 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 believe like just I fully believe what we talked about way back on the episode about that about how it just it really feels like um it it like pulled up from a nosedive into a very transphobic character reveal or yeah joke. and and like even uh, like. <laughs> in light of the rest of the things going on in this book, how much JK Rowling likes to write in reveals and like, yeah. Oh, so-and-so isn't who they say they were like that, like that. I, I just like, it feels so like too, I don't want to say too perfect, but like too, I feel like there's too much evidence to just say that it's poor. It's, writing. It is. A, there is enough there for it to be uncomfortable. I think. Yes. Um, uh, and it would fit right in with like the rest of the mean spirit of this book. So yeah, I agree. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> we like mean characters. We love Snape. Snape is a mean asshole uh, and 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 a, and a messy, messy bitch. But like, like that's him, right? That's not the authorial voice of the like the narrative. I mean, the Yule Ball was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so mean. Yeah. I mean, and also like continued to be mean after the fact when like it it like kept bringing up their dates and how they were reacting to stuff and how and, little like and they it cared was a, about. And it was like a justification like it was like a if you yeah. thought that was mean you're wrong and here's why 
Yeah, because they're because they're being rude. To, <laughs> that was so. YouTube was like it like tried to make it even where it was like, oh, you thought it was it was mean of Harry to be so shitty to his date at the at the ball. Well, guess what? In retaliation, she was sort of rude after the fact. <laughs> like, wait, hang on a second, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> like wouldn't that be entirely justified? Yeah, it's it, yeah, um, yeah. It is a unpleasant book in a lot of places and that's a bummer to say because again there's so much in here that i do like i mean i think it's honestly just a byproduct of the book being so fucking long right like uh it it, it jukes between different tones and like uh, uh levels of meanness so often that like every now and then it's great and i like it and there's yeah, some powerful I... scenes and then and then ron endorses uh slavery for a bit for no reason I have, I have no doubt that there is fun in this book I, I can't like discount the experience of having this be one of the most fun books that i ever read as a child right like yeah that, i i can't just say that's worthless um yeah. so this is a tough one and and honestly uh, you know we're going to be doing the movie next week and doing probably some other wrap-up stuff so i'm looking forward to having a week to kind of maybe maybe go simmer. back and skim over some stuff and simmer yeah. on it i still would like to have a more cohesive thesis about um uh, the uh, politics at the end of the book as well uh -huh. that was something that i just like i haven't been able to wrap my head around and i'd like to do a little bit more outside research and kind of try to figure out a little bit more yeah, absolutely not, just, not, not to act like it's a puzzle that needs to be figured out but i don't really like you know i read it like almost a week ago now and i still don't have like uh, like a cohesive thing to say about it other than it feeling yeah. weird and out of place yeah yeah absolutely well uh so yeah i think it w let's leave it there we have some, we have some great thoughts here but i think it, we would be best off now letting it sit for a week watching the movie i am so curious about the movie now so so curious yeah um uh it's gonna be wild um i i have no idea what to expect now that i have such a like rocky relationship with the book um but uh but yeah i think let's leave it there we have a solid three hour episode here um, so let me take it to the close our theme yeah. song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon thank you so much to them for letting us use that as our theme song you can check them out on Bandcamp. you can check us out on patreon at patreon.com slash streetcast we have so much good bonus content for you we have legacies recaps we have uh uh deep dives into satanism we've got uh talking about uh bad one direction fan fiction we got so much stuff there for you all for the low low price of three dollars a month uh and at the one dollar level even you get all these episodes early so hey check that out um and i don't have to ask you what we're reading next week because we're off the hook nothing so nothing what you're reading this week is you have no excuse not to read another book this week everybody <laughs> um uh so i will just say make use of that freedom and please read another book please read another book dream but there's a lady in there makes ocean raw seem tame better know what you're after if you catch a eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise